What up, what up, what up, man? The Real Coach JB live right here from the Coach JB show. Slapdick Central. We're getting it cracking right here live. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, become a member. Lots of breakdown today. Chase Sr. joins me. We're going to break down the NFL early draft scenarios. Be interesting. I'm going to do my own. Chase will join me later. We're going to break down some key ones. The Bears, what should they do with the number one pick? Plus how I think the Seahawks will beat the Niners this weekend and other playoff predictions. All brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Plus, CandidateCBD.com is a proud sponsor of the show. Use the promo code COACHJB and go get you some dip cans, the cleanest way to dip there is. Also, make sure you head on over to Kionis Builds on IG, Q-U-I-N-O-E-Z-B-U-I-L-D-S. Kionis Builds on IG if you need anything made as far as a bar for your patio, cigar lounge like mine, or just in your house alone, islands, cabinetry, you name it. Kionis Builds on IG. Head on over there and check them out. Tell them that JB sent you. Lots of breakdown today. Uh, can't wait to get into it. And appreciate all you fine folks this morning. Hit that like button, subscribe, become a member. Best dollar ninety nine you can build buy, and especially understand we're headed on over to a whole new set, set of circumstances. We're gonna do a Discord, and it's gonna be the Coach JB's army. We're gonna come up with the name here today, and we're gonna put it to vote, and uh, we're gonna get after it. I'll see you on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Peace. Yes, sir. Um, man, I never look tired. Shit. I, I sleep when I die. Ain't no no time to be tired. Theo Robinson, whoever the fuck you are. I, I got a lot of Kansas City love in the room today. Um, <laughs> Kansas City, are they are hot at me. Let me let you know. Can't I have, uh, let me see. I'm going to tell you right now, I wrote it all down. Uh, I was going to share a few with you. I thought it, it's, it's unbelievably comical. The Kansas City fan base uh, has sent me 102 DMs from men, boys, bitch-made cats, all hard up. How hard up do you have to be to DM a grown man? 102 of you last night are mad at me because I gave my opinion, which basically is fact, about Patrick Mahomes being overrated. And the homers in Kansas City are not happy with me. <laughs> 102 DMs like some bitches. 102 DMs, dog. You got to be kidding me. 102 DMs. Oh, you should see some of them. They are classic. They are classic. One of them says, let me read you one. It says, Coach JB, used to love and respect you. Now you're a fucking clown. That's why you coach Juco. You're a piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait up. 
You used to respect me and love my coaching. Now you hate me and talk shit about nothing but disrespect coming out your mouth. Knowing you would never say it in person, by the way. And because I gave an opinion about your God quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, now you don't like my coaching anymore? Dog, that shit to me, though, I mean, that takes the cake, dog. You went from loving me and respecting me. You went from loving and respecting me to now just a blatant disrespect. 102 DMs I got. 102 DMs from Kansas City Chiefs fans overnight. It was all during the day. It was like yesterday evening. I was sitting around not doing shit. We didn't have last chance Q, so I was chilling. And I'm watching a, uh, what game was I watching? Shit, I didn't even watch a basketball game all year. It just happened to be on. I was doing a bunch of other stuff prepping for the day. And I'm like, oh, Steph Curry returned. So I was watching the uh, Suns and the, and, the, and the Warriors. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at all these requested messages. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? 102 DMs from boys, grown men, and just some bunch of dick riders that are Kansas City Chiefs fans mad at me because I gave my opinion about Patrick Mahomes being overrated. Unbelievable how thirsty you guys must be. Are you guys that thirsty? Are you guys that thirsty? Oh, my goodness. Um... Oh, my goodness. It's comical. It's comical. Um, Theo Robinson said he throws 300-plus yards a game. Name a quarterback consistent as him. Uh, Joe Burrow, who's 3-0 and versus him. There's one quarterback, just to name one. (laughs) Like, you guys are unbelievable, dog. It blows my mind. Some of you guys just can't handle the truth, dog. It it blows my mind. And then you want to try to act like you know football. You don't know football. You can't even come close. I have more football in my left pinky toe than your whole brain has, Theo, just so we're clear. So don't ever try to come at me talking about he throws for 300 yards. How about you know this? Do you know that he leads the the league in yak yards? That means he throws the ball at the line of scrimmage and a receiver runs for more yards than any other quarterback in the league. Just FYI. You do know he's thrown 41 touchdowns. 30 of them have been under 10 yards. Oh, Now you want to do stats now, though, right? Since you know so much. (laughs) God damn. Um, It's unbelievable, man. Uh, Let me get you to start it off with a quote of the day before I get going, before I get booted off of uh, TikTok. Um, (laughs) You know what it takes to make a star shine? A shitload of fucking darkness. A lot of darkness is what makes a star shine. You know what it takes to make a star shine? A shitload of fucking darkness. That's my quote of the day. Live by it. Understand, you're going to have to go through a bunch of trials and tribulations, go through a lot of darkness, go through a lot of dark clouds to see the star shine at the end of the day. Understand, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. 
And this generation of young people all want instant gratification. You all want everything handed to you right away, right now. Give me the car keys. I don't care if I don't know how to drive the Ferrari. Give me the keys. I'm going to go crash the car. And then give me a new car right after I crash it because I deserve it because I'm a deserving kid because I'm the most enabled generation of all time. <laughs> that is who I am. So give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Well, guess what? I need you to help me uh, mow the lawn. No, I don't need to mow the lawn. I'm a, I'm a, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And I want lobster and steak every single day, mom. I know you have 16 kids in the house and you're a single parent. And I know that you work three jobs, but I want steak and lobster every day. All right, I'll get it. That's the parent. That's the problem. The parent. All right, I'll give you what you want. <laughs> uh, this show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, contrary to belief segment brought to you by CanadipsCBD.com. Um, money can buy a bed. Money cannot buy sleep. Money can buy a clock. Money cannot buy time. Money can buy a book, but money cannot buy knowledge. Contrary to your belief, there is no greater wealth in this world than peace of mind. And contrary to belief, small circle, private life, Peaceful mind. Put those things together. Just I'm just telling you. That's why I made a cigar lounge studio at my house. So I ain't got to go to one. That's why I made my outside backyard how it is. So I could chill with the dogs, smoke a cigar, smoke some meat, barbecue, Traeger, shoot some hoop, get in a jacuzzi, have a fire. You name it. I want a small circle. So I ain't got to worry about getting backstabbed anymore like I have in my entire life. Guess what? And then I don't have to worry about turning around and see who's holding a knife. Because if it's just me, guess what? I'm the only one that can backstab my damn self. I don't got to worry about you. Contrary to belief. But anyway, poll question. Should the Bears draft a quarterback? Very interesting topic. Should the Bears draft a quarterback? Um. Someone on TikTok said Sam Howell looked good. I thought Sam Howell looked absolutely horrible. And that shows me that you on TikTok don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Again, rookie quarterbacks in the NFL look horrible, especially when you're on a bad organization. Um, Chase Sr. joins me later on today. We're going to break down the 49ers in my prediction that the seattle seahawks are going to win the game uh lot to break down but before we get into that um before we get into it i gotta get into some positivity before i break down a bunch of other stuff and get into a bunch of other stuff i gotta give you a positive thing because i saw this video my buddy chad sent me and man i love the video i love this kid uh the the kid is a uh man the kid did a hell of a job on this video and uh, Nolan Smith, who, who got hurt uh, earlier in the year, got hurt, didn't get to play. Take a listen to this video. Um, Nolan Smith speaks the truth, and we need more kids like him that understand about Kirby Smart. All right, how does it feel? I know you weren't able to play tonight, but what's it like for you to watch from the sidelines and celebrate? Man, I'm just so happy. We not only did stuff that they said we couldn't do, we went back to back and did it perfect. And I just thank these guys, man, that the seven weeks that I played was the most special weeks of my life. And I told them, 
man, we'll be a team forever, and we just got to go out on top. And that's what they did, 65 to 7, man. It's crazy. Nolan, what can you say? You said 65 to 7. Your, your defense gave up one single touchdown tonight. What can you say about your group? Man, they played they, man, they played their hearts out. They played lights out. They played Georgia defense. This was our best game. Everyone was wonder, wondering when it was going to come, and it came to national championship. So y'all welcome. And I just wanted to thank the fans for showing up. They still here. Look at all these people in the crowd, man. It's just crazy right now. What can you say about Stetson Bennett? He leaves Georgia with a 29-3 and record as a starter. Man, I said at media day, somebody just reminded me. They said, how you rattle Stetson Bennett? You can't, and you won't be able to ever rattle him because he's going out college football on top. And listen, Kirby, playing for Kirby is difficult. He's hard on you guys. I keep being told you got to listen to the message, not the tone. But on nights like this, it pays off. I can't say this enough. Thank you, Coach Smart. People like Coach Smart make this program special. He pushed us every day because he knew what we were capable of going back to back, winning national championships. He's hard on us because he believes in us and push us. And we need more coaches like him in football that care about the kids and not NIL deals, putting the best 11 guys out there that have connection, composure, toughness, and resiliency. I like that. And listen, I'm going to let you go because I know you want to celebrate, but this is your third visit to a national championship game in six seasons. You guys are 2-1 and one in those games. Has Georgia built a dynasty? Hey, we built something, and all we got to do is keep it rolling. Coach Smart already started the ball off rolling, and we just got to keep it going. We look forward to Great message from the kid. Uh, he said, we need more coaches like Kirby Smart. You know what? Kirby Smart cusses, by the way, everyone. There was a leaked uh, audio of him during the national championship game when before they blew out TCU. <clears throat> we all heard him cuss. Oh, my gosh. Where are the Karens at trying to cancel Kirby Smart? Jesus. <clears throat> Theo Robinson, please understand something. You're not a member. I've never seen you before in the chat. We don't know you in this community. And you're saying nothing but clickbait because nothing you're saying is anywhere near accurate you sound like a dick rider and i gotta be honest uh become a member and then i'll and then i'll listen to you and talk to you but until then i think you're a troll so i, I have 102 dms from kansas city chiefs fans over overnight that are mad at me so i'm pretty sure you're probably in my dms so become a member so i can put you aside and keep you in here or i'm gonna block you because i think you're a troll <laughs> um a lot going on here <clears throat> um everybody on tiktok come on over to co on uh on my show come on over right here live on youtube uh we do need more kids like that that is a uh very interesting one i know you said that uh a lot of you guys i'm looking at the chat i'm seeing a lot of you guys uh talk about Justin Fields poll question: Should we draft? Should the Bears draft a quarterback? Um, I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna break this thing down in totality today. I'm gonna do my own NFL draft like no other. And guess what? I don't need to do a bunch of research and shit. I know what I know. Does where does Stetson Bennett rank all time as college football quarterback lore? Where does Stetson Bennett rank all time to you guys? <clears throat> uh, Hector, what up? 
Where does Stetson Bennett rank all time? Two natties, back-to-back. I got to break this down real quick. Um, We're going to get into some Mahomes stuff later because I got to show that stuff later on. But look at this graphic right here. These quarterbacks were all born in 1997. Look at that. Josh Rosen, he was born in 97, by the way. It seems like Josh Rosen has been through the tour of Vietnam seven times. And he's the same age as Stetson Bennett. (laughs) Kyler Murray, fourth year in the NFL, signed a $230 million deal last year. He's 27. Daniel Jones, fourth year in the NFL, preparing for a postseason debut. Lamar Jackson, fifth year in the NFL. has already won a Heisman and an MVP trophy. Sam Darnold, fifth season in the NFL, seeking a resurgence career in Carolina. Justin Herbert third season in the NFL, Jalen Hurts, third season, Mac Jones, second season, Tua, third season, Trevor Lawrence, second season, and Justin Fields, second season, who transferred from Georgia, by the way, opening up the door for Stetson Bennett. All quarterbacks were born in 1997. Just have a look at that graphic. Exactly, Alan. These ca- I I coached against Sam Darnold at Cabrillo when I was at Long Beach. Sam Darnold was at San Clemente High School. We uh, he actually beat us on a sixty-yard run with thirty seconds left. We had a beat. Cabrillo would have been the biggest victory in school history. We had them beat. Uh, TJ's probably in here. He 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 was on that team. Uh, he ran a power read, got him down to like the ten with like thirty seconds left. Man, we had him backed up too. It was crazy. Sam Darnold was there. Um, but, man, look at these quarterbacks that were born in 97 on the left-hand side. I mean, Stetson Bennett, dog, is 25 years old. He's going to be 26. He gives me the Chris Winkie vibes uh, of a guy who played one, you know, at least Chris won a Heisman, but he had a lot of success in college, went to the NFL, and didn't do much. Um, didn't do much. So, Interesting, interesting to say the least. Uh, I want to show that, but I think Stetson Bennett ranks uh, in the has to. You have to put Stetson Bennett in the top five. You have to put Stetson Bennett all in in the top five. You got to because he won back to back natties, two natties. He uh, he he's he's won some high scoring games. He's won some low scoring games. He's a winner. And in college, man, sometimes it doesn't translate to the NFL, as we're seeing with a lot of quarterbacks. And you know me. I'm the first one to talk about how bad quarterback play is in the NFL. And it's coming from college. We're not coaching them up. And I think we're doing too many things tempo-wise, no huddle. We're not teaching protection. We're not teaching coverage. We're not teaching the football uh, prerequisite for NFL. We're not teaching that. So they get in the NFL and they're struggling. But – what do I know? The Heat went 40 for 40 from the free throw line. They won by one point. 40 for 40. Uh, if they would have gotten 39 of uh, 40, they would have went to the uh, overtime. Just think about that. It's pretty crazy. Spencer Rattler says he's returning to South Carolina, as he should. Uh, if he transferred again, I just think he's just ruining his career shot in the NFL. Steph Curry returned, 24 in the loss to the Suns. Stephanie McMahon resigns as the WWE's co-CEO. I don't know if you guys have seen this Stephanie McMahon uh, email. I don't know if you've seen this at all. 
Um, but Stephanie McMahon uh, put an email out there. It said, then now forever together. Dear WWE employees, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks, I unexpectedly had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as a co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I've ever known, my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque as chief content officer, I am confident WWD is E is in perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. Can't see the bottom because uh, I got the ticker on. WWE is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. So she resigned, Stephanie McMahon. Like, what's going on here? And subsequently, we have this happen. Oh, shit. WWE sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Vince McMahon returns and he signs his life away to the Saudis. That's what you guys all say about the Live Golf Tournament. You guys say, oh, you're traitors. You went to live. Here's another prime example of America using Saudi. Wow. Just like 3M and about a thousand other uh, companies that use Saudi money, but you guys want to bash the live for leaving the PGA. <laughs> I want to know how much hate and how much heat and hate Vince McMahon's going to take. Can't wait to see it. You better be you better be equal opportunist, dog. I better not. I better hear the same hate you guys have for the live golf tournament as you do for Vince McMahon. By the way, didn't Vince McMahon just get caught up in a sex scandal or something? And had to resign his throne and left. And now he's back because guess what? America forgives. America forgives and forgets. For some. For some. They forgive and forget. Um, and now he's back. He's back. And kind of it's kind of interesting that that just happened. I'm curious to, to know this. Um Is is Vince McMahon and Dana White kicking it? Are they are those two kicking it? It seems like they get a pass because I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything about Dana White uh, slapping his wife twice. Uh, I get I get a bunch of steroid vibes from all these cats, man. Everyone I know that's got that that steroid stallion, Liver King. This cat is a joke. I, I don't even know who he was until it recently. Uh, Vince McMahon, Joe Rogan. Uh, I get a lot of small dick syndrome, steroid stallion vibes. And it seems like every single one of these cats have had a run-in with hitting a woman, hitting a female, because they have a small wee-wee. And the women call them out. And they're all on steroids, and they all are jacked up on coke, and they're big, rich billionaires, and they think that they can do whatever they want. Vince McMahon as well. Why does Vince McMahon, Dana White, Joe Rogan, Liver King, don't they all look the same to you? Don't they all look like they're all coked out, steroid, weirdo billionaires? 
Like, I'm being honest. Just have a look at all of them. And they're all famous. They're all powerful, rich individuals. Just I'm just throwing it out there, dog. Look at it. Check it out. See, I've been around those type of cats. They're all weirdos, Fox. I'm just being real with you. But what do I know? Uh, the Redskins fire their OC, Coach Turner. I, I think it's bigger than that, guys. Maybe it's a Daniel Snyder issue. Maybe it's a Daniel Snyder issue. <laughs> I'm just curious. Maybe it's a Daniel Snyder issue, not just the OC. Um, I love when the people that like, I love when people that like these guys, like Joe Rogan, Dana White, I love all you guys that love these guys' shows and and and, and support them. You, you will defend them like you've met them and know them more than anyone in the world it blows my mind when you got guys that'll tell you on an intimate show like this which is smaller on the smaller scale right my show right now right now we got 400 people in here you you know we'll get 700 at the most right now maybe we'll get a thousand one day it's a small scope show relatively speaking to these big boys right like mcafee and and joe rogan and and all these guys that's why i'm more intimate I actually engage with you guys. I actually talk to you. And guess what? Having been kind of in the limelight and around these folks, I actually know information that a lot of you may not ever get to know. And I share it with you. And at least give me the credit for knowing you guys all know one thing about me. I don't lie. There's no reason for me to lie. I got to remember shit when I lie. And I don't lie. At least give me the credit that I'm real and I'm going to speak the truth and I'm going to speak what's on my mind. And at least give me the credit that I'm going to tell you what I do know if I do know something, unless it's something close to someone I know and I can't share the information in a coaching change or something pertinent like that. But if I told you that I know that certain people are shitbirds and hit women and do these things, I'm not just talking and assuming because I wouldn't put my foot in my mouth. I'm telling you something. But then you guys come to defending these cats like you know them. Again, it goes back to my point. You will not, you won't back up or support your best friends, but you'll support and buy Jordans and support Joe Rogan, Dana White, and all these cats that you'll never meet in your life, dog. All you can do is ride their nutsack. You'll never meet them. You're never going to kick it with them. They're never going to talk to you and you're making them millions hand over fist dollars hands over fist but you won't support your own boys and in this, this setting you won't believe a cat that's actually talking and engaging with the audience even the ones that aren't members i'm giving you i'm giving you guys great insight but you're so ignorant that you refuse to take the fucking truth and you'll support a cat you'll never get to meet or talk to. Like, you think you could jump in Joe Rogan and talk to him like you can me? <laughs> and then I'm giving you information and you're like, hell no, Coach JB's gossipy. <laughs> Man, one day you're going to be like, damn, Coach JB has been telling us this shit forever. But what do I know? What do I know? Um... Lot to discuss today. Stephen A. Smith says the Dolphins can't win without Tua. No shit, newsbreaker. Wow, we didn't know that one. 
why is Jay-Z trending as a reptile on a plane going to LAX? <laughs> I, can I ask that question? I'm being serious. Can I ask this question? Uh, why is Jay-Z trending on everything I open up as a reptile on a plane headed to LAX? Apparently, YouTube and all these other people took the video down. I tried to click the link. It wasn't in there. Interesting topic. I'm like, that's where we're at now on social media. We we have to. So Jay-Z turned into a reptile, apparently, on a United Airline flight. I guess. In two, I, and I looked into it and I was like, man, this is 2017. Why is Jay-Z flying commercial? That's the first thing that alarmed me. Why is Jay-Z flying commercial? Maybe it wasn't Jay-Z, you slaps. But guess what? Jay-Z is flying commercial, turned into a, a reptile on a plane. <laughs> Come on, man. C- can we stop with the fake dumbness? Jay-Z's just in regular coach chilling, right? Hey, guys, what's going on? Can I get a, a Jack Daniels and Coke? Come on, man. Jay-Z has his own private jet. Pat McAfee flies private. I think Jay-Z flies private. <laughs> Come on, man. You guys are unbelievable with the stuff you guys believe, though. The shit that you believe is what blows my mind. Man, I try to keep Sarah Blake's name out of my mouth because she always likes to have my name in hers. I don't know what else she likes in her mouth. But look, I guess she did a show that's got like 70 views. But look, I guess I guess she brought up my name again. And uh, she keeps bringing up money and what I told her that would happen and lies. Okay, they're lies. And it's sad. It's sad. Uh, this little girl, she must be so sad. I think she may be an inbred, too. I don't know. I, the more I used to think and look at her, I'm like, fuck. She's got no acetal. You know, that's a disease, right? No acetal. You know, fake titties. She's hard up. She's got a simple-ass husband who can only find her and probably only fuck her. And she can only probably fuck him on camera. Like, who the hell's going to really, you know. Um. Anyway. But they got to be some sad little people to keep bringing me up months and months and months later. Like, let it go, man. She can't stop lying. And I know I have to. I'm sorry. I don't want to call her out her name and call her a bitch. Sorry, ladies, for using that term. You know, I love to call men bitches, not women. But at this point, you become a thirsty little girl. You become a very thirsty little girl. And we know how thirsty you are, obviously. I mean, damn. You do OnlyFans. Like, what do you do without OnlyFans? (laughs) Have you seen yourself without makeup, lady? Um, But I'm just saying, I'm trying to be nice and keep her name out of my mouth, but I keep getting people sending me messages like she's still talking about me. I'm like, damn, was she in love with me? I have to start asking now, was she in love with me? Does she want, like, to, like, make a visit out here or something? I'm confused. I mean, I wouldn't touch you with my pinky toe, but I'm just saying, like, I'm confused as to why you keep bringing me up, lady, when I have an audio recording now that you're going to you're going to you're going to call my bluff. And I'm trying to be nice. And now I'm going to have to show the audio to the world of what the agreement was that clearly states there was no money involved and we were going to make money before we ever agreed on anything. And now you're making up lies to get clout because you're a nobody. You 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 have to have sex with a guy that's your husband because you know 
look at him, frankly. Come on. I mean, he's pretty soft. Um, he's basically, you're the man in the house. Come on, Sarah. Um, but listen, your show gets 70 views. And, uh, you know, only your Dick Ryder fans watch it. And they want to see your tits out. I mean, let's be honest. Um, they're not listening to you to give up, you know, third down uh, protection. Okay. <laughs> We're not calling in to listen to you, Sarah, to talk about protections and coverages. Okay. Sorry. Um, but I'm just trying to be nice, Sarah. You know, you should leave my name out your mouth because the next time I see it, I'm just telling you, the audio is going viral and everyone's going to know you're a liar and everyone's going to know you're full of shit. So stick to OnlyFans. Keep my fucking name out of your mouth before it gets real. Just throwing it out there. Trying to be nice. Trying to be nice, God. Um, having said that, now that I've addressed this whole thing. Um, what is going on, Hector, with the career cat? He goes to the Giants, signs a $300 million deal. Don't work out. Apparently, he don't pass a physical. The Mets signed him to a $250, $300 million deal. Don't work out. Physical. Now the Twins take him back for $200 million. What is going on, Hector? I got to know. I know you're a baseball guy. I'm very curious on what's going on with Correa or whatever his name is. Why is this guy continuing to not pass a physical? And why is he continuing to drop? Um, He's just getting passed around, dog. He's getting passed around. Like, what's going on? Oh, man. I'm tripping like, what's going on here? Um, oh, it's crazy. He's making $45 million more with the Twins, you saying? San Francisco signed him like a 12-year, $350 million deal or something, I thought. I don't think the Twins are even close to that. So I don't know where you got your $45 million more than the Giants gave him because the Giants gave him way more than anyone else. And that didn't work out. Then he went to the Mets and now the Twins. So I'm just confused on what's happening with this whole thing. Um, TikTok, what up? Come on over to the Coach JB Show. Chase Sr. joins me in a few minutes. We're going to talk about Justin Fields. Should he be traded? I have a whole scenario. I'm going to break the draft down today. So I appreciate everybody joining me here and liking me. And uh, how did I get – I just got access removed from TikTok for bullying harassment. I I'm confused. How do I get bullying and harassment on TikTok for what I just said? Please let everyone know on TikTok that uh, – oh, my God. God, you guys are unbelievable. Um, this is crazy. Um, TikTok's a joke. I wasn't even saying nothing. I was being, I was, uh, did I even say anything? <laughs> If you can't curse on there, but you can show titties, then there's a problem. There's a problem, okay? Um, the Bears say they must be blown away to take a quarterback at number one. That's what the GM said. We're going to get into that in depth here shortly. Uh, Jerry Jones says he has full confidence in McCarthy and the staff moving forward. Well, no shit. 
He has to say that because Sean Payton is on everyone's radar. He has to say this. He has to say this, correct? Uh, the Colts admit to failures and focus on quarterback stability. We're going to break that down. Um, KD is out for a month. The Brooklyn Nets seem like they're going to fall down. And uh, he's he, he the Nets only go as far as he goes. So we already know where that is. Um, man, I really didn't say nothing on TikTok. That's crazy to me. Um, Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that one. Um, the Cardinals have parted away with Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I got to show you something. I want to. I want to. I want to show you this. This. Uh. This. This little stat here. Um. Now with Cliff Kingsbury being out, Pete Carroll has outlasted eleven NFC West head coaches. Eleven. Pete Carroll has outlasted 11 NFC West head coaches. Pete Carroll just keeps going um, like the bunny rabbit, man. I'm telling you, Energizer Bunny, Pete Carroll looks like he's 50. Not probably He actually acts like he's 35. He's so energetic. Seven, pushing 70 or whatever. Um, man, if he can beat the Niners – this is going to be one of the greatest jobs, uh, coaching jobs in his career or of any career. Um, I want to break down Mahomes real quick. I'm not going to break him down, but I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to give him his kudos. Right? He's a passing leader. He's the 2022 passing title leader. He got the job. He he won. He got the title. Can anyone tell me how many uh, of these he's won before in his career? Oh, I'll tell you. This is his first one. So I just want to be clear, okay? Because I want to I want to make sure I'm addressing all the GOAT talk in the room. This is his first one, okay? This is his first title of the fucking of his career. So let's let's pump our brakes on this whole fucking GOAT thing. Here he goes. Come on, Steve Mack. You already know the you know the rug pool's coming. So here's Patrick Mahomes, 2022 passing title. All right, good. Yay, clap it up. Does anyone know how many how many times he's been in the Super Bowl? Oh, twice. Okay, he's been in the Super Bowl twice. Great roster. Andy Reid's great coach. He's been in the Super Bowl twice. So I want to even show you something further. Here's the stats. He leads the league right there. Justin Herbert's second. Tom Brady's third at 46 years old. Kirk Cousins is fourth. Burrow, fifth. Goff, sixth. Allen, seventh. Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence, and Jalen Hurts round out the top ten passing leaders. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this though. Patrick Mahomes has passed for two touchdowns in two Super Bowls. Can we be clear? Two touchdowns in two Super Bowls with four interceptions. I, no one's talking about Patrick Mahomes, who's thrown 12 picks this year, by the way. 41 touchdowns, 30 of them being under 10 yards. Okay. Under 10 yards, by the way. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is garbage. Like, I love when people use the, put, my, put words in my mouth. I haven't said he's garbage. I said he's a freak. I said he could throw the ball from all these different platforms. He has these different delivery options. I said he's gimmicky. And I said he is in an offense that allows him to be gimmicky. And I said that he's overrated. 
How is that unfair to call him overrated? Coach, he throws for 5,000 yards a year. Coach, he throws for 300 yards a game. Well, he also leads the league in yak yards with 2,801. He's actually below Geno Smith in actual yards into the teeth of the defense. He's behind Geno Smith and 20 other quarterbacks, by the way, as far as throwing the football into the teeth of the defense from the line of scrimmage. He actually leads the league in yak. That means he gets the ball laterally to somebody, and that guy gets him big chunk yards. He leads the league in that, which makes total sense when you have 41 touchdowns and 30 of them being under 10 yards, doesn't it? But then I get all the the, the, the dick writers who DM me like some broads, and they say, oh, so now it's his fault that he throws touchdowns in the red zone? He had to get him to the red zone? Uh, not really. Kelsey got into the red zone, and Tyreek Hill got him to the red zone for years, and the offensive line and the team got him in those scenarios. And let's not, to, let's not mention the defense and special teams that have put the Chiefs plus 50 more than any other team on the field in the NFL this year. They change the possession. The Chiefs lead the league plus 50. 50-yard line, meaning for all you football knowers out there, that means Patrick Mahomes gets the football at the 50 going in more than anyone else at the chains of possession. So you can argue that, okay, well, Coach, he don't have the opportunity to go 99 yards. He gets the ball at the 50. That's why he's only thrown 41 touchdowns, and 30 of them have been under 10 yards. Well, that's a you problem. That's not my problem. I'm giving you the facts. You're giving me fucking hypotheticals. (laughs) The bottom line is he's thrown two touchdowns and two Super Bowls. You guys are calling him the GOAT. He's lost one Super Bowl and won one. So he's already in lore. He's won a Super Bowl, dog. He's already going to be one of the one percenters in the world. Eli Manning's won two, by the way, but we're we're not going to get into that. So he's got one Super Bowl and he's lost one. Can we just wait till Patrick Mahomes gets five more years under his belt before you start talking about how great he is? We know he's great. He's a talent. We get it. But I think I'm in my proper rights to say I think he's overrated. Do I not say that about Josh Allen, too? I think Josh Allen's overrated. But... I love the fan bases that come after me because you're such a homer and you're so blinded that you can't look at the real. Like, I would love to see Patrick Mahomes on the New York Giants. When you guys all want to talk this shit about, Patrick Mahomes could go to every football team in the country or in the NFL and be in the playoffs. No, he couldn't. Can he go to the Texans and get in the playoffs? No, he couldn't. He could not go to the Texans and go to the playoffs. I'm sorry. Sorry, people. Could he go to Carolina and get in the playoffs? Uh, probably not. Maybe in that shitty division. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I can bring up a lot of teams that he couldn't go to the playoffs in. Okay? Stop with the bullshit. I love seeing that with DMs. Patrick Mahomes could go to any team in the NFL and take him to the playoffs. No, he cannot. I would love for him to go to Houston. I want to see the wide receiver play in Houston help him out. But you guys all want to anoint this cat as the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's all the Kansas City fan base. And it's all Buffalo when it comes to Allen. And it's all 
It doesn't matter. Wherever the fan base comes out of, you're going to protect your home team. I get it. I like it. I'm glad you're homers. But I'm not. That's not me. That just shows me how fake you fucks are. That means it shows me that you can't fathom truth and reality. Now, you guys have some real fan base people that say, you know what, coach, you're actually right. I, I like Mahomes. I think he's great, but I, he's got to prove more to me. That, that's a fair answer. But to call him the best thing ever. By the way, he's never catching Tom Brady in, in Super Bowls. So that's how I think we judge these guys. But what do I know? And you guys are already saying in my 102 DMs, I got cats in there telling me that he's better. He's already the best quarterback of all time. Dog, you guys are so fucking delusional. It's unbelievable. So, I, man, when I'm, I, I, I tried to read a bunch of them and respond to a lot of them. You know me. I love responding to these dick writers and blocking them. But at the same time, it's like after like DM 50, I'm like, fuck, if it ain't a female trying to fucking give me some head, I'm out. Block, 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 delete, 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 delete. So I had to get out of there. I had to get out of there. Uh, um, and nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. Uh, no one wants to talk about how great Alex Smith's season was when, when Mahomes was the backup. No one wants to talk about how great quarterbacks have been under Andy Reid. I can't wait for Andy. I, I, not, I can wait. I don't want to see Andy Reid retire. But I just want to see. I can't wait for when, when Mahomes doesn't play for Andy Reid. Because he's not going to play for Andy Reid his whole life. And when he starts to struggle mildly, when he doesn't have the same talent, and when he doesn't have the same play calling uh, innovation that allows his style to excel i can't wait for the dick riders to go quiet it's gonna be crickets dog i'm gonna hear crickets it's gonna be crickets first i'm gonna i'm gonna hear crickets i'm trying to find crickets do i have crickets nope i don't have crickets on my board no more it's gonna be crickets it's gonna be silent silent night it's gonna be so quiet and i just i'm just gonna sit back and wait dog because see i don't talk about guys' integrity or character, unless they're shitbirds, right? But if they're not shitbirds, I don't believe Mahomes is a shitbird. I think he's a good kid. I like his commercials. I think he's a good dude. I have never talked bad about Mahomes. But when you say you think he's overrated, dog, you have absolutely attacked the heart and soul of the Kansas City fan base. Holy fuck. It is unbelievable. How butthurt they got. 102 DMs, and I'm sure I got more right now. It's unfucking believable that they get that mad off on an opinion. <laughs> I want to break down Michael Jordan real quick. I want to get into the Jordan era. Um, I want to get into the Michael Jordan era versus now. And it's not just basketball I'm talking about. I'm talking about some nuts and guts, all right? I want you to look at this. Michael Jordan played all 82 regular season games nine times. He played 81 games in 90, 88 and 89, 80 and 91, 92, and 78 and 92, 93. Never missed a single game from March 1995 to June 1998. 
179 playoff games, all 82 games at the age of 39 and 40 years old. Most durable superstar since Wilt Chamberlain. In perspective, Kobe did it four times. Kareem did it five. Olajuwon did it four. Obviously, we're looking at the generation. Larry did it three. Duncan did it three. Magic never did it. Malone never did it. Shaq never did it. And LeBron's done it once. We know Kawhi, James Harden, and fucking KD ain't on this list. We know Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and all these guys ain't on that list. But durability and actually availability is so underrated. You guys want to go off the soft, you want to grade these, you want to judge these cats off of the softest generation of all time, the softest the sport's ever been, the softest professional sports leagues we've ever seen are the NFL, basketball. It's never going to be like it was. Michael Jordan never missed a game in an era where you can clothesline a dude, spin his ass, land on his neck, and all you can do is shoot free throws. And by the way, there may not have been an ejection in the game either. All there was was fucking free throws. And now you're saying that these guys are the best ever? And they can't even play a fucking season? Mediocrity is your new excellence, dog. Let's just keep it 100. Mediocrity is your new excellence. And that's just is what it is. That is what it is. And it's crazy to me. Like, nobody after Akeem will ever do it again. You'll never do it again. These cats won't play. Load management and all this bullshit. This dude played in the era where you could get clothesline and shoot free throws, and that was it. There was no fucking look at the fucking replay and all this old shit. Man, you guys are, it blows my mind. And then there, back in the day, there was no flopping. There was no crying to the fucking side. How big, I mean, I can't watch an NBA game, dog, on the bitching that goes on and how they go. Watching Draymond Green bitch at the refs, dog, I want to fucking bitch slap that sorry motherfucker so is, is is Draymond Green not one of the most overrated fucking NBA players of all time? He cannot play great defense like everyone thinks. The motherfucker's not a great defender. I've seen the motherfucker get lit the fuck up by many average, what we call average NBA stars. Then He's not getting lit up by Kobe and fucking Jordan no more. He's getting lit up by Booker and fucking Mitchell and fucking these type of guys. He's not, I'm tired of hearing that he's just this great, fucking greatest defender. Motherfucker, please. Charles Barkley would have shit on you every single night. Who are you going to guard back in the day? Akeem? Barkley? Pippen? Who the fuck were you going to guard? I'm curious as the greatest defender. You couldn't hold Dennis Rodman's fucking left ball in your right jaw, motherfucker. And you think you're the greatest defender of all time? You are a fucking joke. The fucking audacity of the new generation blows my mind. And then you young generation who never got to see the old generation play are going to sit there and tell us that we're the old grandpa on the front lawn yelling. No, it's actually someone that's seen all three generations. I've been in all of them. I saw Larry Bird. I saw Dr. J. I saw Kareem. I saw Jordan. I saw Kobe. I'm seeing your generation. Wouldn't you take that into consideration A damn? 
Coach JB saw all those generations. I've only seen one. I've only got to see this one because I'm 23 years old and don't know shit. I don't even know how to change a fucking diaper yet, let alone change a fucking brake pad or change the oil in my car. But I know all things. That is what's wrong with you fucking bitch-ass cats. That is the problem. You motherfuckers think you know so fucking much. And eventually you're going to get hit in the fucking mouth because social media won't be there to protect you one day. One day, just mark my words, social media won't be there to protect you, sorry asses. Um, I got to break this down. Max Dugan, Duggan, whatever you want to call him, he's starting to lose me. I'm starting to lose the tough skin, nuts and guts that I once had for him. Um, I, 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 I like the kid. I thought he had some nuts and guts. I like the fact that he was a tough nose, gritty winning kid. Um, I do agree with someone I watched last night though. They were like, dude, when you lost to Kansas state, they should have just been smart and got him out of the playoff. Cause Kansas state we know is, was a, was a decent team, right? But they're 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 no better than fucking USC or Utah. So either one of those guys got in. TCU shouldn't have got in. I'm gonna be honest. You know, the K-State loss is the one that keeps if they beat K-State, of course they should have been in. And if they got blown out, they got blown out. But the K-State loss to me, dog, it just it gives me a sour taste. Because we all know Alabama would have been a much better game. We all know that this would have been a much different scenario. And at least we wouldn't have had this game. And I don't see where 12 playoff changes it. And even my buddy Steve Kim disagrees. He thinks 12-team playoff changes it. It doesn't. 12-team playoff makes it worse to me. It waters it down even worse to me. I don't want to see shitty. So, So Steve's point is, I don't want to see any meaningless ball games after Christmas. Well, I don't either, but they're going to be in 12 playoffs. 12 team playoffs is going to have meaningless games in January. I'm just telling you right now. You're going to have some meaning meaningless games because they're going to be TCU's getting waxed in the first round. The 12 versus the 5 seed is going to be a waxing. What does that do for us? Why is that so good? Just because we're going to give more participation trophies out? Like, dog, just keep it like it is, but pick the right fucking teams. That's all you got to do. 12 teams I'm not a proponent of. Sorry. I'm not a proponent of. And you might as well put just six SEC teams get in right off the gate, and then you go pick six other teams. That's what it should be. Fuck. I mean, it is what it is. I'm just telling you. And I'm not an SEC fucking dick writer. I'm just telling you. I think the bottom half of the SEC is shitty, just like all the other conferences are. It's watered down as shit now due to the portal. But they still, I mean, top to bottom, I mean, fuck. They're going to still be better than uh, the bottom half of the Pac-12 or the bottom half of these other teams. And you'll have a team like Oregon State this year who wins 10 games. And you'll have a Penn State this year who won 11 games. And you'll have some of these teams. But I would have much rather see Penn State in the playoff. Or... um one of those teams play in the playoff over fucking TCU. I'm just being honest because the eye in the sky don't lie. And if you're in a committee that's picking fucking playoff teams, you got to have some type of fucking sense. Condoleezza Rice don't know what the fucking left tackle at TCU looks like. He's fucking horrible. 
when the right tackle got had to be moved to the left side against Georgia, he was so fucking exposed. But guess what happens when you're at a Bama or a Georgia or an Ohio State? When you have to move the right tackle to the left tackle, he's still pretty fucking good. TCU's depth lacks when it comes to playing the big boys. And if Con- and I know Condoleezza Rice is no longer on the committee, but what I mean, you get my drift. These type of fucking morons who are on the committee don't have a clue on how to judge personnel and what a team really should be like in a playoff. TCU did not match up with any of those teams. They beat a Michigan team who did not want to be there. We know Ohio State, if fucking, we could be talking Ohio State as the national champs right now because if Marvin Harrison Jr. don't get hurt, they beat Georgia, by the way. They beat the team who just beat a team by 60. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if you don't think parody's at all-time high, then you're fucking confused. You're very confused. So just throwing it out there. Um, I want to break down this Max Dugan thing. We were walking out the tunnel and the fans just started barking at me. It's definitely rattled us. Now, I don't know if this is fake or not. Uh, I got this thrown around. I don't know if it's fake. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna take it for what it's worth. But I'm gonna go for what is truthful and the crying shit. The crying thing to me is just something that I'm not with, dog. Crying with your brothers off the off the pedestal when you lose a big time game is one thing. Even though I never really did that. I I've cried with my homies for other things, like the homie dying or our pops passing away or something. But in the game, I lose a little bit of credit. I lose a little bit of uh Respect for you, dog. I don't want to see my leader, captain, and quarterback crying. I'm sorry, dog. I played the fucking position at the highest level. I've coached it at the I've coached three NFL quarterbacks. I don't want to see you crying. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear you talk about I'm rattled by a fucking voice. I'm sorry. Max Duggan, you are starting to irk me. You're starting to. I'm starting to lose some lore. Like I said, if he did not say that and it's fake, so be it. But I'm still talking facts and truth about him crying. And that's my point. I'm tired of seeing you cry on the podium. I don't want to see it. That doesn't give me great confidence in you going to the NFL and winning a Super Bowl. (laughs) Like, I'm being honest. I don't want to see you cry. I've, dog, I've already addressed before I even showed it. I just said, I don't know if this is fake or not, but if it is, take it for what it's worth. But the crying is not fake. He's cried before on the podium. That is my point. So people may have made that fake news up because of what he did, right? He cried already. That is what we do know. He's cried on the podium. And that is something that I just can't fuck with. I just can't fuck with my quarterback crying. So, it is what it is. Um, So, I'm starting to lose a little lust on him. Heath High School. I don't know if you've heard of this school. Um, They're trying to fire their head coach because of a workout that caused some kids, apparently, to get sick after doing some push-ups. 
I mean, dog, I've seen enough. I've had enough. Um, here's 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 what the what the news is right here. Uh, Rockwell Heath's varsity football coach John Harrell is now on administrative leave, pending a third party investigation after several students needed medical attention, hospitalization after an off season workout last Friday. This was the letter. Now I'm going to read you the letter. All right, I'm going to read you the I'm going to read you the letter. Um, I got to read you this fucking soft letter because it's it, this letter is just uh, it's, uh, it's fucking unbelievable. Um, oh, my God. This fucking Heath letter, dog, is this. Uh, where the fuck is it? Um, hold on. Uh, let's see. Um, all right, I'm going to read you a little bit of it because I fucking... I can't find, I can't get you the letter because it's too hard to read. Um, but anyway, basically it said that these kids went into uh, muscle failure. They went into muscle failure and the coach was supposed to be, He's he's been put on administrative leave. And I had a couple buddies of mine hit me up that are from this area and say that this area is so soft. The kids are the most enabled uh, kids they've ever been around. And it's unfortunate. I put out a tweet yesterday that that I put out they put out a tweet yesterday. I put out a tweet. I'm like, dude. I feel for all you coaches out there who are coaching and have to deal with this shit. Because I'm just telling you, how do you coach? How do you coach? Um, how do you coach these kids? I'm just very, I'm very curious. Um, um I, How do you coach these kids when you can't even fucking give them push-ups to do? And then you have parents like, dog, I'm so over this shit. And there's no way I can go back to coaching right now, especially not high school. I don't think I can even coach Zuko. Dog, we are so fucking enabled and soft and administrators go straight for what the parents say. If you had to go to the hospital or doing push-ups, then I then God forbid you ever had to fucking do a three a day with me in a hundred degree heat in a hundred degree heat in fucking August, dog. Three practices. I, I God forbid you ever had to do that. Can you imagine the pussy vacation of American kids going through three a days like we had to go through? Can you fucking imagine that? Can you imagine that shit? Oh, my God. It's unbelievable, dog. 
Unfucking believable, though. Unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. It, it, it makes me, they said they were pissing Brown. <laughs> well, I think that happened beforehand, probably from playing fucking video games and maybe not working out like you're supposed to. And pissing Brown, maybe because whatever the fuck you were eating at home or drinking or weed you're smoking. And maybe that has something to do with it. But what do I know? It fucking blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind. Um, uh, dog, I just, it, it blows my fucking mind. I just can't fathom the shit. Can't fathom it. I, there's no way I could coach it. I don't know how, to, how these guys are going about their business. Um, I can't wait for Chase to join us. We're going to get into a bunch of different shit, but um, I got to, I got to, uh, I got to break down the Super Bowl teams that are in the Super Bowl right now. I mean, I'm sorry, the playoff teams that are in the playoffs. Here's a little fact for you guys. I want to break this down real quick. Here's something that I wanted you to see because I'm going to break down this thing and get into some draft talk here. The last time each playoff team made the Super Bowl from this year. All right. So here we go. Last time each team. Bengals last year. Bucks the year before, Chiefs the year before, Frisco the year before that, Eagles in 18, Seahawks in 15, Baltimore in 13, the Giants 12, Cowboys 96, Chargers 95, Buffalo Bills 94, Dolphins ain't been since 85, Vikings haven't been since 77, I was one years old, and the Jags have never been to a Super Bowl. I just wanted you to see that little stat dat right there. Uh my boy Chad sent me because I'm, I'm going to break this down today. I'm going to get into um, some relevance. I'm going to get into some relevance. Um, usually in this era, it seems like the teams that we're seeing get back to Super Bowls more frequent. Um, do the Bengals get back? Uh, does Lamar play this weekend? Can't ask, uh, is Jalen Hurts hurt? We're going to ask all these scenarios. Does a rookie quarterback get Frisco to the promised land? A lot of questions. Does Tua play? A lot of questions out there. Is Daniel Jones ready? Um, is Kirk Cousins' lights too bright for him? Does Dak Prescott get over the hump, and can he win a game? Um, hey, we're going to get into all that uh, today. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to break down scenario by scenario here uh, later on. But um, I'm trying to look at uh, the chat here now. Um, and you know what? This is crazy. These kids drink this this monsters and Red Bulls and shit. And, and no one wants to talk about that shit either. Or the five-hour energies and all this shit that I see kids popping like crazy. No one wants to talk about that shit. Because, see, that shit did not exist back in the day when we were around. We had What did exist was steroids, right? And they were straight up either pill form or shoot that shit up. Back in the late 80s, early 90s when I was playing, um, mid-90s when I was starting to see it, when I was playing on certain teams in college or whatever. Um, now you started with the, then the creatine started, and then you had to start making this powder, and then you had the pre-workout shit, and then you had 
all this shit. And then he started tearing hamstrings off the fucking bone because you were so dehydrated. And then they found out, oh shit, if you drink, if you eat this creatine shit, you better drink fucking three times the amount of water. Or you're going to cramp up so tight you pull the fucking bone off or your muscle off the bone, which was happening a lot. And then you had a Fedra break into town. Then it was an energy, right? It was this fucking man. It had you. It was straight cocaine, dog. I'm just going to. I remember that first time I ever got some of Fedra. It was a it was a fat cutter. And it was supposed to, uh, you know, not allow you to eat. And then it allowed you to work out. It gave you all this energy. I got my first one. And that was the last thing I ever took in my entire life. And ephedra was legal. It was you could get it over the counter back in the day. So I pop one man at 5 a.m. weights. I was in college. I get on the bench. Boom. I got 225 on, and I'm gonna hit it 10 times, warm up or whatever. And man, I started to shake like a fucking whore in church. And I'm sitting there, boo, my shit was shaking. And I was like, holy shit, what in the fuck did you give me? My heart was beating out my chest. And I was like, man, fuck this. I'm not ever taking no fucking ephedra again. I don't care if it cuts body weight and fat and suppresses my appetite. I don't give a fuck. I'm not taking that shit ever again. That was the last time I ever took that shit. And that was a big thing back in the day. That shit was like crack. I mean, that shit had me fucking weak. I was like, God damn. Um, talking about Dak Prescott, though, uh, I'm going to get into this, break this down a little bit. Jason Garrett made a point that the Cowboys defense is the worst on real grass uh, is worse on real grass than they are on turf. So on grass uh, this year against Philly at Philly at Green Bay at Jacksonville at Tennessee at Washington. Um, they were the 20th best defense on turf. They were the second best defense so I want you to understand this. I want you to realize they were the second best defense on turf and the 20th on grass. Guess where Monday night's game is, fellas? It's on Bermuda grass in Tampa Bay. So I'm just giving you betters out there a little bit more knowledge. A little bit more knowledge. They play on grass, on Bermuda. And the Cowboys don't do well on Bermuda. So uh, another factor to take in. Uh, Joe Accord, what up? What up? Um, taking it into effect. Another, you know, factor in this Cowboy and Dak Prescott, what he has to overcome. He's got he's to be able to overcome something. Uh, I got to break this down. We're going to get into uh, we're going to get into Seattle. We're going to get into Seattle here later on because I picked them to beat the Niners live on this show yesterday, and I'm sticking to it. By the way, I'm sticking to it. Um, Seattle at San Francisco since 1976. I want to break this down. 30 and 19. Seahawks average 24 points a game. 49ers average 19 points a game. And I want you to understand, since 1976, the Seahawks own the San Francisco 49ers. I, I love I got this message on YouTube. Coach, you do realize they got swept this year. You do realize it's fucking hard to beat a team three times in a year, right? You do realize Pete Carroll's fucking 12-4 and four versus Shanahan, right? You do realize that uh, 
Seattle's 30 and 19 versus the Niners since 1976, right? So I'm just telling you, some teams don't play well versus others. The 49ers own the Rams. Guess who won last year in the playoffs? The Rams. The Rams beat the Niners after the Niners. Um, after the Niners whipped their ass all season and every season. Shanahan owns McVay, but you know what? It's hard to beat a team three times, man. It's hard to beat a team three times in a season. And uh, I just got a gut feeling. I think Brock Purdy's going to struggle. I think the Seahawks are going to fucking ball out, and I think the Seahawks are going to win the game. I mean, it's going to be close. I mean, I just think that uh, if Geno can muster a 10-point lead, I think the game is over. I don't think Purdy can play from behind. We haven't seen it yet. We, I want to see Purdy play from behind with some fucking trials and tribulations here. Why is nobody talking about this fucking rookie playing from behind? We haven't seen it yet. <sighs> we'll see. Yeah, they beat them like nine out of ten times, the Rams, uh, Niners, and then the Rams won. I'm telling you, it's hard to beat a team three times. Ask the Saints and Tom Brady. Ask the Saints to own the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the regular season. And guess who won in the playoffs? The Bucs. Who went on to win a Super Bowl? Now, I don't think the Seahawks can win a Super Bowl. But what I'm saying, don't be shocked, guys, when this one ends up being a Seattle victory. And Pete Carroll steps on Shanahan's throat once again. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Um... We're going to get into all this here today. Um, lots to discuss. Lots to discuss. I got a lot to discuss. Can't wait to get into this. I got about a 40 minutes um, before Chase joins me. And in that 40 minutes, I'm going to break down the NFL, my NFL draft scenarios. All right. And uh, put a little thought into it last night as I sat on the couch and uh, I was in between reading dick writers from Kansas City's DMs to me, grown men DMing a grown man. And then uh, in between that and then doing this, uh, watching uh, the Suns beat the shit out of the Golden State Warrior, I was like, all right, let me put in some thought into this. Let me make it interesting for the, for the audience. Let's do a JB draft scenario. And then I'm going to talk about some of the same shit later on with Chase when he joins and get his thoughts. But I want to get into, it's going to take some time here, so it's going to take up the time. And I'm going to get into all first 18 picks. I won't get into 18 today, but I'm going to try to get through 11 today. All right? I'm going to try to get through 11 picks today. All right? So 11 picks today, um, I'm going to get through. Okay. That, that takes me through the Titans, okay? Because the Texans got two picks. 13's the Jets, 14's the Patriots, 15's Green Bay, 16's Washington, 17's the Steelers, and 18's the Lions. I'm going to get into 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 tomorrow and Friday, all right? So today, though, I'm going to do my own 11, and then I'll do 12 through 18 tomorrow and Friday. So I think I got a little bit of a, I'm on to something here. I'm going to do some draft shit because me and Sean, Sean Salisbury and I are going to break some of this down tonight on Last Chance Q. We will be doing it tonight. Uh, apologize. We, we're trying to figure out the best schedule for our, 
for ourselves that works and we're having a hard time we're so busy man it's so hard to do two shows so we're trying to get last chance q in when we can so what we figured we're going to start doing at least two times a week tuesday thursdays and we're going to do live uh watch parties during the nfl playoffs so we're going to do that to start with and uh we're in the mix of trying to get a uh a few different companies to actually produce the show and that is why we're kind of taking it slow on the last chance q thing but we're gonna we're gonna keep keep with it we're gonna give you the give you some real shit and break down some nfl film um when we can but just bear with us uh because we're gonna blow this patreon thing up and this discord um so make sure you guys don't be alarmed when you get that um discord uh invite all right so Let's start with number one. All right. The Chicago Bears. Here we go. I want to I want to break down the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Discord will be be announced and we'll be we'll be sponsoring. The, we'll be putting that Discord out and we'll be getting that going um, here shortly. So, uh, Derek, you know anything about the Discord where we're starting it? My boy, uh, Steve Mack was the first one. He wanted to do the Discord when he was helping me out. Um, shout out to Steve. Uh, so I didn't know anything about it. Um, so, uh, until Steve kind of hit me to it. So now, uh, we're going to, we're going to try it at least. I haven't got into it, but as long as I don't got to fuck with it, I don't care if somebody does it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't know if you guys, before I start with this draft, have heard about the air force kid, 21 year old kid collapsing and dying yesterday. Um, these youngsters are dropping like flies. I don't know why no one's talking about it. Um, I don't know why anyone's, you know, I don't know if you've heard about um, the Air Force kid just straight up collapsing and dying. 21 years old. Last name Brown, by the way. Um, the Old Dominion basketball player, uh, I don't know if you saw this, this kid, um, Days after the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest, this kid for Old Dominion collapsed on the court and it's not getting a lot of traction either. I don't know if these are 21, 22, 23, 24 year old kids collapsing at and they're and they're these are the greatest athletes we so-called that we have. The greatest athletes we so-called have in the world uh, are collapsing at an all time rate. The old Dominion basketball player fell out during the game. This 21-year-old kid died yesterday. Now, listen, I want to be clear here. This ain't the fucking first time that guys have died playing or practicing, okay? I mean, fuck, a kid died at Garden City Junior College while I was coaching at Indy, by the way. That's a whole nother ball game. I know the kid and his parents well. Um, I recruited the kid to come to Indy, a uh, kid from Jersey. L let, me, let me break this down. So this has happened before the shot, okay? So I'm not a conspiracy guy, and I don't know enough about it because I didn't take the motherfucker. But what I do know is that um, it is alarming. It is alarming, and it's happening. And uh, But I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth and say that that's what it is. It could be a multitude of things. Like I think, I think this manufactured weed has a lot to do with it. I think the food and the fast food and the, and the food we're eating has a lot to do with it. I think it's a lot of different shit. We don't know what the fuck's being put in our food in this manufactured weed. 
So for you to walk around and act like it, just to, just to straight up discount it because I said it and you don't like me is fucking ignorant. I don't give a fuck if a motherfucker that I don't like told me some real shit. Guess what? I'm listening to some real shit. I don't give a fuck if I don't like you or not. But that's just how egotistical some of you fucks are. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you can't smoke weed in the Air Force, but I think you can eat. Right, TiVo? I think you can eat, right? <laughs> See, some of you don't listen. You just hear. Didn't I just say it could be something in the food? How do you fucking know what it is? Holy shit, some of you motherfuckers. See, a trigger word. I, I, I had a trigger word out there. I, I said weed, and that's where you run with that. You didn't hear me say anything about the food, huh? You didn't hear me say shit about Taco Bell or the food that we're eating. You just heard weed, and you, then you're going to go. You probably posted on Twitter, right? JB said, weed killed everybody. <laughs> some of you motherfuckers are unbelievable, homie. How about you rewind and hear what I said? Here we go. We're going to rewind it. Man, we don't know why. I'm not going to put my foot in my mouth. I don't know why this 21-year-old kid at Air Force died. It could be the weed, this manufactured weed. It could be the food we're eating in fucking Taco Bell. Hold on. Let me rewind it. Uh, I don't know why this 21-year-old kid died at Air Force, man. It could be the weed, the manufactured weed. It could be the food that we're eating. Oh, did you hear that? Okay. I make sure. I know you heard weed. Um. Anyway, let's get into the draft and a little brighter scenario. Uh, the NFL, JB's NFL draft brought to you by CanadaDipCBD.com. I'm up for a challenge. Make sure you guys go ahead and over to use my promo code CoachJB. Get you 20% off on CanadaDipCBD.com. Uh, I need to win that award, so shoot that to me. All right. NBA or JB's NFL draft scenarios. Number one, Chicago Bears. Here's my thoughts. I don't know if you saw Tanny Bomb or whatever his name is. He came out and said that they need to trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Here's the scenario that I have. I have a few different ones for each team. All right. I have a overtraining. Get the fuck out of here. These motherfuckers don't even work out no more. Overtraining. Overtraining fucking playing video games. Motherfucker overtraining. Fuck they overtraining doing. Fucking what? Overstraining? I bet you they're overstraining when you sit here and look at this motherfucker for eight hours. I bet you it's overstraining. You do realize this shit right here is costing motherfuckers mental health, right? I, you want to use this mental health fucking crutch that you all love to use? How about you start talking about this shit? You know how bad this stranger eyes and brain for looking at this motherfucker nine hours a day? Do you realize how bad it is to look at a fucking computer monitor for nine hours a day? Video games for 10 hours? Fucking cell phones for nine hours? How about we start talking about that strain? Fuck over train. I don't see a motherfucker working out nine hours. I see him fucking working out on this for nine hours. But nobody wants to talk about that shit. But what do I know? Here we go. My thoughts on draft draft day. All right. 
and we're all ignorant right now for talking about the draft this early, but I'm going to just break this down. Here's my thoughts. Uh, I think you should trade Justin Fields to Houston. Oh, shit. See, JB's going to be different than everybody else. I'm not going to be just a random fucking idiot that's going to follow the leader. I'm the leader, motherfucker. You can follow or fucking come up with your own fucking agreement or assumption or presumption. Like, I wish you would be your own motherfucker. But I'd be damned to follow Paul Tannenbaum or whoever the fuck he is. Trade Justin Fields. To Houston. All right, hear me out. Houston has the number two pick. Houston has the number two pick. Trade Justin Fields to Houston. Houston needs a quarterback, right? Justin Fields fits in Houston, I believe. I think he's a guy that has to help that team with his feet. Their O-line's fucking heroic. Or, I mean, horrific. They have a, uh, they have a great left tackle. Um, probably one of the best O-line, O-tackles in football Houston has. And he wants to be paid as, the, as such. He wants to be the highest paid tackle in football, by the way. Um, trade Justin Fields to Houston. Now, hear me out now. Hear me out. No, it's not Paul Feinbaum. It's Tanny Bomb or whatever his name is. It's not Feinbaum, dog. He's on ESPN in the morning. Uh, somebody knows who it is. It's not Feinbaum. I'm not talking about Feinbaum. I'm talking about Tanny Bomb or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, I do know the difference in those two. Um, anyway, the Bears, I want him to trade Justin Fields to Houston for the number two pick. Get the number two pick. Okay, so trade Justin Fields to Houston. And with the number one pick, the Bears take Bryce Young. So we're going to take Bryce Young. We're going to trade Justin Fields to Houston for the number two pick. And with that number two pick, we're going to draft defensive tackle Jalen Carter from Georgia. Clap it up. You guys hit that? You guys hear what I just said? Mike Tannebaum. There we go. There we go. Mike Tannebaum. All right. Did you guys, do, you, do I need to repeat what I just said? So, the Bears with the number one pick take Bryce Young. They trade Justin Fields to Houston for the number two pick. So, Houston gets the quarterback, and they give up the number two pick, and the Bears draft defense to tackle Jalen Carter from Georgia. They need some interior D-line help. Now, the Bears also need O-line help and wide receiver help, as we all know. But you just got better as a franchise, and you just helped Houston get better, right? You got an athletic quarterback that can help you get out of problems as you build that roster over in Houston. So that's my thoughts on the Bears situation, okay? Now, there's another scenario. You can trade Justin Fields to whoever for a veteran quarterback or somebody and then use that draft use that trade for Justin to get you some O-line and wide receivers. There's another that's another scenario, but I'm going to rock with the first one and I like that one, all right? Number 2, Houston Texans, all right? They take Justin Fields from Chicago, right? So like I said, 
They either do that pick and draft. They either do that deal with Chicago, as I just stated, so they will not have the number two pick anymore, or they keep the number two pick. They keep Mills, Davis Mills at QB, and draft Will Anderson. All right? They draft Will Anderson, the best available pick at number two. They start to create a roster that's worth a shit that can compete in the NFL. They draft Will Anderson at number two and trade the number 12 pick for a big-time wideout or a tight end or a pass-rushing defensive end. Um, Somebody like the edge rusher from Clemson, Miles Murphy. The Texans can easily do that, too. Because they have the 12th pick as well, people. Just so we're clear. Houston has number two and number 12. So I'm only going to get through number 11 today. But I'm just telling you, the Texan scenario would be take fields from Chicago, like I said, or keep Davis Mills, draft Will Anderson, trade number 12 for a big-time wide receiver, tight end, or DN, and start building the roster in Houston. But what do I know? Motherfuckers listening better hire me as a GM around this bitch. All right, that's two scenarios for your first two picks. All right? One of them giving the Bears two picks, number one and number two. Getting Bryce Young and Jalen Carter from Georgia. So you just got better as a franchise, in my opinion. Fields goes to Houston. Houston got better, in my opinion. And then Houston still has the number 12 draft pick, and they can go get you a wideout to go with. Justin Fields, or another tackle to go with, uh, what's his name, uh, Laramie or whatever. So you got that scenario. Or you draft Will Anderson, right? The best available. All right, let's get into the Cardinals number three. Here we go. This one's a little bit deeper because they just got a coaching issue. We don't have a coach in Cardinals yet in Arizona. So what Arizona does is trade Kyler Murray. Blow this roster up. Let's get rid of the baggage. Let's trade Hopkins and Murray. Draft C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson. Best available, but we need a quarterback, obviously. We can get a veteran quarterback also and not draft a youngster. Let's go get a veteran quarterback that's out there. I don't know who would be available. There's some guys out there we can get. How about Tannehill? How about we go get Tannehill and hire... Frank Reich. And in doing so, we all know that Lazard is out of Green Bay. Let's get Lazard. Keep Hollywood Brown. Keep Ertz. Get another big-time wide receiver and O-line help. Plus, we need some secondary help. So the Cardinals have to touch on a few situations here. First of all, we got to hire a coach. So we got to hire a coach. I say we go after a veteran and let's go get Frank Reich. Let's get a veteran quarterback to come in with Frank Reich like Tannehill, or we draft C.J. Stroud and get rid of Kyler Murray and Hopkins because we know they're gone. Hopkins is gone. What are we going to do with Kyler Murray? You get rid of that shit, blow it up, get rid of the cancer, and then let's start over. We either draft C.J. Stroud at three, or we get Will Anderson or whoever's the best available pick. And Or what we do is we trade number three to the Colts, and 
We go get a veteran quarterback. I don't know if you can throw your name in the hat to get into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes or not, but I'm going to break that down here in a minute. I don't know if you can get that. It's on the West Coast. There are a few West Coast teams that I'm very, very interested in seeing Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady going to. The Cardinals is one of them, the Raiders, and the 49ers. All three of those teams on the West Coast, I think, should get into the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady sweepstakes. And see what Hopkins wants to do after that. So, I don't know. Just throwing that out there. But, blow this Arizona roster up. You have no opp- You have no options, dog. Your only option is to keep the $250 million man. Which, you're going to have to pay out or get someone to come up and take over some of that salary. Who the fuck is going to do that? So I think you're going to be stuck in realistic fashion. You're going to be stuck with Kyler Murray. But you're going to get some trade value for Hopkins, and you can still draft a quarterback in C.J. Stroud, or who is going to be the coach? And I believe you have to get a veteran coach like a Frank Reich. I don't believe Harbaugh is going to be the answer in Arizona. I don't see that mesh working. And... There are some scenarios. You keep Hollywood Brown. You go get a Lazard. You got to get a couple other wide receivers. Who can you get for Hopkins? There's a lot of things the Cardinals can do, but there's not a lot of things the Cardinals can do. It all depends on the $250 million mental midget contract and if you can get out of that or not. All right? So we're just breaking that down. All right? Colts, number four. They either trade up for a quarterback or they draft C.J. Stroud Option number two, they get into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. So you either trade up for a quarterback, you draft C.J. Stroud, or you get into the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Or let's get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Let's turn Indianapolis into the Baltimore Ravens. And let's get Lamar Jackson. Or there's another option. We go get Tannehill. We build around that. Tannehill and Taylor. We go get some wide receiver and O-line help. And the Colts actually have a good scenario here. We can go trade up and draft a QB at number four. If C.J. Stroud's available, we can draft C.J. Stroud. But C.J. Stroud doesn't help you right away. The Colts have a good roster. They have a decent fucking defense. They underachieved this year, as we know. Quarterback play and everything else with the coaching staff and everything else happened there. The, the Colts have a decent roster. They not, they're not far away. It's not like a total blow-up like the Houston Texans. The Colts have a decent roster. The Colts have a decent roster. So how about we go get an OG Tannehill, build around Taylor, go get some wideouts, get another O-lineman to help out, and now we can go with a Tannehill. But guess what? The Cardinals ain't, I mean, the Colts ain't going to do that shit because they just did it with Wentz. They just did it with Matt Ryan, and they're not going to go with another Wiley veteran, in my opinion. I think they're going to go young, or they're going to go for a big-time name like Aaron Rodgers and or Lamar Jackson. See, I like the Lamar Jackson fit in Indianapolis because of the running game they have with Taylor and the defense they have. It's a similar situation as to what he's in in Baltimore. But they have better receivers in Indianapolis. Not that he's going to get them the fucking ball anyway. But you can turn Indianapolis into what Baltimore is. And you get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Now, if you go get Aaron Rodgers, you're in a similar situation that Aaron's in now. 
you don't have great wideouts. You don't have great wideouts, but you do have another. It's a very similar situation in Green Bay, in my opinion. You have a running back like Aaron Jones and Taylor. You have similar wide receivers. I would argue Watson's better than anybody that the the Colts have. And you have a good defense. The Green Bay underachieved on defense, but the Colts did as well. So you're in a similar situation. You're still in the cold weather, but you play indoors. So I don't know if Rodgers entertains that at all. But I do like the Lamar Jackson there going there. Lamar's pl- will play in a dome. I think he'll be better passing the football in a somewhat dry environment at all times until he's on the road. Or you go OG and get Tannehill, build around that Taylor situation, and go get some wideout help at your number four pick. So there's some things you could do because we know Tannehill's out of Tennessee. So there are some scenarios in that situation. All right. Um, number five, Seahawks. Here's what I think. They're in the playoffs. Pete Carroll's GM of the year, in my opinion. I think you keep Geno Smith. All right. I think you go get O-line help and you get some D-line help and you draft in with the number five pick, the Seattle Seahawks draft edge rusher, Miles Murphy from Clemson. Clap it up. The Seahawks just got better. I'm just telling you. They have the number five and the number 20 pick. I say you keep Geno. You get O-line help, but you draft number one in your with the fifth pick. You draft edge rusher Miles Murphy from Clemson. Now, you get Clemson's Miles Murphy there in Seattle. Help with the pass rush. Help to create sacks. Seattle struggles on getting to the quarterback. They only have Woods in the middle and the D-line, who's a good run stopper, but you got to have guys on the edge, and I don't think Seahawks have that edge guy. Get you an edge rusher, Miles Murphy, who reminds me a little bit of Joe Car- or, uh, Bruce Irvin when Pete Carroll drafted Bruce Irvin early when no one thought he would, Juco guy, California Juco kid, um, obviously, who I've helped get to uh, West Virginia, by the way. Uh Go get you another Bruce Irvin, which helped him go to the Super Bowl multiple times. Start creating Legion of Boom again. I think you have enough wideouts. I think you can go get a tight end with your number 20 pick to go along with the tight end that you have and Will Disley. Uh, you got Noah Fant. You can go. You got Will Disley. You go get you a big-time tight end at number 20, or you trade that. Use that number 20 pick as an asset, and you move up in the draft. I don't know. Seahawks have a lot of wiggle room. And I think it all surrounds what Pete Carroll thinks about Geno Smith. How he performs this weekend versus the Niners is going to be critical. And uh, I think that's a good scenario right there with the Seahawks. We're going to break down another scenario the Seahawks can go with when Chase gets on here. But create another Legion of Boom. Uh, Get you the best available draft. Trade number 20 pick for a difference-making tight end, in my opinion. Uh, But we'll get to that later on. Number six, Lions. Here we go, Detroit Lions. Brian Case is wanting to hear this one. I think you keep golf at this point. I think you get another big-time pass rusher or inside guy like Brian Breesey, the D-tackle from Clemson, by the way, to aid Aiden Hutchinson. So with the Lions' number six pick, I think they go get D-tackle from Clemson, Brian Breesey. I think you get him. You help out uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Now you have an edge rush pass rusher along with an inside guy. And you go get you another big-time tackle to go with Sewell. 
And then you go get some more D-line help, and you got to get some secondary help, man. You got to go address the secondary help. And the Lions have another pick later on. We'll get to that. So, you know, at this point, though, I don't believe you blow up getting rid of golf because, like I said, Brian, you're not going to win a Super Bowl golf. I'm just throwing that out there. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with golf, but you can build the roster with golf, get into the playoffs over the next few years, maybe win you a playoff game, start to attract free agent talent. MDC proves that he's a head football coach in the NFL and a successful one. Build this thing, turn Motor City into something attractive, and then make a splash. In 2026, go get you a big-time QB trade or a draft pick that you can make in, in between that time. Use golf to create a big-time roster. Keep golf, who's very serviceable, regular season, good regular season quarterback, big arm talent. They have great wideouts, great running backs. They have talent with Swift. They got a great tight end set. They got good guys, pieces on offense. They have a hell of an offensive coordinator. If they can keep him, uh, Ben Johnson or whatever his name is, if they could keep him and build around this roster, all right, and then in a couple of years, go get you a big-name quarterback, um, I think that's – that's the plan the Lions have to do. So at number six, the Lions take Brian Brissy, defensive tackle, Clemson. Um, so that's uh, that's my Detroit pick, all right? That's what I think with Detroit. Now let's go to seven. Um, Raiders, here we go. Here we go, Raiders. Here we go, Raiders. Here we go. Trade Derek Carr. And you trade Waller to the fucking Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers and picks. You draft Peter Skoronsky at number seven, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. You get better instantly overnight. The Raiders become a contender. Trade Carr and Waller. Waller's on the ass end of his career anyway. He's injury prone. Send his ass to the Packers. Get Aaron Rodgers some picks. Draft Peter Skoronsky, the offensive lineman from Northwestern, at number seven. And the Raiders become viable right fucking now today. Say it with my chest. That's what I'm doing. Raiders go get you, Aaron Rodgers. Reunite him with fucking Devontae Adams and become a Super Bowl favorite right now, today. Just telling you, calling it out right now. Calling it out right now. That's what I'm saying. That's what the Raiders need to do. That's what the Raiders need to do. Uh, become a member today. Subscribe. The best dollar ninety nine or two ninety nine uh, Discord that you could possibly spend. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that uh, Raiders pick right there. What do you guys think about that Raiders job? Now I said some. I said picks. So you're gonna get Rogers and picks. So that's what I'm saying. You're gonna have to trade. Uh, you're gonna have to give up some probably some some picks. But the bottom line is, um, you got to get Aaron Rodgers. You got to draft an O-lineman. And Skoransky is probably the best O-lineman on the board from Northwestern. So you get him. And 
you have pieces on at wide out. The Aaron reunites with 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 Devontae. Devontae's happy again. Uh, his re his little reunion with Derek Carr was, was shit. Even though he had a great fucking year, fifteen hundred yards almost. Um, but guess what? He was he was less targeted than any time in his career. By the way, um, but what do I know? Um, that's what I think the Raiders should do. Now, there's some other scenarios we'll got we'll dive into. We'll we'll dive into some other scenarios, um, but that's what I think. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. Wido, where you at? First of all, you got to trade this fucking quarterback Riddler. I don't know. He's fucking garbage. So I don't know what you do, but you got to pick. A, you got to go get a quarterback, right? You have you have to go get you a quarterback. And um, who are you going to get at quarterback? I got somebody here. Let me see. Who's here? Fucking Amazon. Um, you got to get a quarterback, right? Let me see who's here. Before I had to pull out the strap. Um, you got to get a quarterback, right? So Sarah Blake's here, Hector. Shit. I couldn't give Sarah Blake a squirt of piss. Um, I wish she'd here. I give her a hundred dollars. Kansas didn't win seven games, but she blocked me, so I can't find her. I don't know how to get her. I don't have her address. So I would send her a hundred dollars on GP because that's I'm a man of my fucking word. But everyone, oh, pay Sarah Blake. I would if I could. So any of you guys out there, tell her to uh, send me your address. I'll send her a hundred dollars since she needs it so much. Remember, she said she makes a million dollars on OnlyFans. <laughs> Uh, dog, I don't know if I'm, if I'm you and I'm common sense guy, like I am, I'm, you know, I, 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 I kind of use common sense. Uh, I'm like, well, if she had a million dollars, first of all, I don't think she'd have a red clay indoor outdoor pool. <laughs> Number one. Okay. Number two, um, would you be that hard up for, Let's just say we we agreed to money, which we didn't. But I don't even know what I would have agreed to. Like, it doesn't even make sense. I don't even know what dollar amount I could have agreed to, not knowing that this doesn't monetize yet. So I'm like, well, well fuck, I don't know what dollar amount I would even say. But let's say five grand. Let's say, oh, there's there, five grand. Would you be this mad about five grand if you're making a million a year on OnlyFans? <laughs> I'm like, come on, homie, really? Uh, I didn't give her the $2, 20, $20 super chat, Hector, and she makes a million and she's mad at me. <laughs> Holy fuck, someone's thirsty, dog. Give her some water, people. She thirsty as a motherfucker. All right, uh, Falcons. We got to trade Desmond Ritter or whatever the fuck his name is. He's god-awful, horrible. Get rid of that motherfucker. Get you a quarterback. Mariota's another bitch-made cat. God damn, I hate to say that about a poly. He is unbelievably bitch-made cat, just like Derek Carr. Both walked away from the franchises after the fact they got benched. I just don't understand. I hope he didn't get another dollar. I hope the NFL said, fuck you. I'm not paying you shit. I hope that. I hope that. Um, 
But Atlanta, go get in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Go get in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Go get in there. People, can we get in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes? Why not, Atlanta? I'm confused. Go get in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Here's another scenario. How about you trade up, give your eight to the Raiders, take Derek Carr, okay? Take Derek Carr in a trade, give the Raiders your number eight. So Raiders would get seven and eight, okay? You get Derek Carr in a trade, okay? Or you trade eight to Baltimore. You try to get in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. And you draft with number eight, Bijan Robinson. Atlanta, you need a big-time running back, a career franchise-leading running back. Cordell Patterson is not a running back by trade. He's a utility guy that you're having to put at running back. you got to get you a big-time back. Go get you Bijan Robinson at number eight. Get you Bijan Robinson. Trade Desmond Ritter. As a young kid, he'll have a little bit of value. Trade him to somebody plus some picks and either get in on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, get in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, or trade up to the Raiders. But I would take my pick, to be honest, and draft Bijan Robinson. You have Al here, dog. He's a guy to me that is a guy that no one knew about, and he had a few good games. If you guys think Algier or whatever his name is, is your franchise running back, then go. So be it. So be it. But he ain't B. John Robinson. He is not B. John Robinson. I'm taking B. John Robinson at number eight if I'm the Atlanta Falcons. and I'm tr- Or I'm trying to get rid of Desmond Ritter and go send him to somewhere for Derek Carr. Because the Raiders got to get rid of Derek Carr. Think about what I'm saying. You don't have to do a lot. The Raiders have to get rid of Derek Carr. And Baltimore may have to get rid of Lamar Jackson. And Green Bay may have to get rid of Green of Aaron Rodgers. So by having said that, think about this. If you have a team by the balls that has to get rid of certain quarterbacks because they're leaving regardless, like Aaron Rodgers is, like Derek Carr is, like a possibility of Lamar Jackson is, you have them by the nuts, dog. They're going to have to take what they can get. So give them Desmond Ritter. Keep your eight pick. Get B. John Robinson and get into sweepstakes with some draft capital and get into the Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers sweepstake. Or you go lesser value, get Derek Carr, who could still, you know, Derek Carr does decent in regular season here and there. You're not going to win Super Bowl with Derek Carr. But again, A scenario like the Lions, build your roster, use Derek Carr as a sacrificial lamb, build your roster around him. You got London, you got some decent, you got a tight end over there. You have good pieces in Atlanta. You got a good coach. I like Arthur Smith or Arthur Smith, by the way, he coached Tannehill to his best career season. Go get you Tannehill, Atlanta. Go get you Tannehill. Get rid of Desmond Ritter. 
send him to Tennessee for and some picks, get you Tannehill, and now draft Bijan Robinson. So you have a one-two punch with Bijan Robinson and the Algier kid. You got to get you some wide outs still. Uh, you you got a great tight end. You got London. You got some good pieces. You're going to get back Ridley, right? So you're going to have some good pieces. So go do that scenario, Atlanta. But what do I know? What do I know? Um, what you think, Wido? You're an Atlanta fan. You like that one or not? You got to let me know. I like the couple of those scenarios that I just mentioned in Atlanta. I think you can do either one of those scenarios. I think either one of those make your team better, though. Either one of them makes your team better. So, uh, not Ridley. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know they traded Ridley. Um, they got to get a wideout to replace him. So, you know, I do like the wideouts, though, in Atlanta. I do like the wideouts. And you remember, if you go get another back and you keep Cordell Patterson, you can put Cordell back at wideout. You can put him back at wideout. So there are some scenarios that you can do, all right? I do like Pitts, um, and I like I like uh, London. Um, I think they're going to be good. I don't know if they're soft, but shit. Um, who knows? All right, Carolina Panthers, number nine. Carolina Panthers, quarterback priority has to be number one. I don't know if Sam Darnold's the guy. Uh, priority... Quarterback priority, priority number one has to be quarterback there in, in Carolina, has to be. So number one scenario, trade the pick and go get you a wily veteran quarterback. And again, build this roster out by using a quarterback that's not a game-changing guy, but is a guy that has proven he can play in the NFL and win you some football games. Cooper Rush is out there. Taylor Heineke's out there. The Zappy kid's out there. There are some quarterbacks out there that you can get and keep number nine. But do not draft Anthony fucking Richardson, Carolina. He ain't the guy. And you're going to waste the draft pick on a guy at number nine who cannot help your team tomorrow. Taylor Heineke, Zappy, Cooper Rush... These guys can actually help you. Or you make a you make a deal and you go get Jimmy G, who is a proven winner, or Tannehill. You have to go get you a veteran quarterback without breaking the bank and keep number nine. And with number nine, you can try to go get Miles Murphy if Seattle didn't do it, or Brian Bresse from Clemson if the Lions didn't do it, or you go out and trade number nine and move up in the draft and get you Bijan Robinson to replace the loss of McCaffrey. So there are scenarios. But what do I know, JB? JB don't know shit. Uh, he don't know football shit. By the way, I haven't done any of this research. I just know fucking football, and I'm just spitting this shit out there on the top of my fucking head. But... They do have a good running back that's balled the last few years. I don't know if he's a total replacement for McCaffrey. You can argue Carolina played better when McCaffrey left to the Niners. But having said that, I think Bijan Robinson is a game changer that you have to go get. Um, even though running backs very short-lived in the NFL, I still think you got to go get the Bijan Robinson kid if he's available. 
because of all the mock boards I've seen, he's 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 not even getting scooped up till number 10, and that's by the Eagles. And why would the Eagles take a running back? So moving on to the Eagles, number 10. Now, the Eagles can make a splash and get real, real good and trade number 10 and move up, okay? They can trade number 10 and move up to, say, let's say number six and draft Brian Breesey from Clemson. The Eagles need D-line help. I think the Eagles are going to get exploited this year in the playoffs because their D-line is is hurt, they're old, and they're not very active. They had to fucking sign Dominic Sue earlier this year because they're hurt. So let me break you down this scenario, okay? The Eagles trade up and either get Miles Murphy pass rusher or Brian Bresse from Clemson and sure up a unsure D-line. The Eagles don't need Bijan Robinson if available at number 10. If Bijan Robinson was available at number 10, and if I'm the Eagles, I trade the pick and move up. If I'm looking at number five, if I've seen five picks already, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to trade number 10 because I think Bijan Robinson's still on the board. I'm fucking moving up and I'm getting, I'm trading that pick. I don't need a running back, dog. You guys have good running backs. Miles Sanders is a legitimate NFL running back. I, I'm going to ask Chase this question. I don't think, I don't think um, the Eagles need to take Bijan Robinson at number 10. I'm just being honest. Um, hey, Cap. FHF, that's a smart, smart thing you said because you know me. I say that all the time. I am against drafting running backs early on with my picks because running backs are the most short-lived position in the NFL. So I stay away from that as well. But Bijan Robinson is a guy like Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. You have to take him. There's not any other backs, but you have to take Bijan if he's available. In that top 10 scenario, you have to take them. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. If you don't have another pressing need like quarterback or O-tackle or corner or D-line, pass rushing extraordinaire, if you don't have a need for one of those positions, you got to take B. John Robinson. That's just being honest. That's, I'm just being real. Um, or you go get you a corner or or somebody like that. Um, so the Eagles, you know, they have they're in a good spot right now. I can't wait to ask Chase uh, those questions, but they're in a good spot. So it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Titans, number eleven. The Titans got number eleven. I believe they need to trade it for pass rushers and wide receivers. I need. I think they need to trade Malik Willis for some cash capital. I think they need to get a quarterback in the draft if available, and to look. And, and I'm be honest, they need to go get Lamar or Aaron Rodgers in the in the trade scenarios that are out there. If they can get in on the Lamar or Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes in Tennessee, they need to go do that. Malik Willis is horrible. He ain't the guy. They need a pass rusher and they need wide receivers in a big way. They need wide receivers in a major way, but they don't have anybody to get them the fucking ball anyway. So you got to go get you a veteran quarterback and you either go with the Lamar Jackson route, right? 
and you live with the Baltimore Ravens scenario on offense, and you run triple, double, RPO, get the ball to Henry and Lamar, or you go try to get in on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes since apparently he's bought a house in Nashville, blah, 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 blah. So is everyone else. That doesn't mean he's going to play for Nashville. All right. But having said that, you can at least sell him on something, live in Nashville, one of the fastest growing city, blah, 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 and play here with Derrick Henry. But again, Aaron Rodgers has no fucking wideouts in Tennessee. So what are you going to do? Aaron Rodgers, I don't believe, likes that scenario. So what are the other scenarios out there? I think you got to get rid of trade Malik Willis, send him to somewhere that needs a young quarterback that is willing to learn the game and sit there for a couple of years. Or you got to draft a quarterback if available, but he ain't going to be ready to play at number 11. What quarterback are you going to get? CJ Stroud's not going to be available. You, you may have the Anthony Richardson kid, but now you're doing the same thing. It's robbing Peter to pay Paul with Malik. You got Malik Willis already. You don't need Anthony Richardson. So, There are a couple scenarios out there, but you know, like I said, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which ones make the best sense. I'm just giving you guys some scenarios out there, and uh, and just wanted to kind of break those down. So, um, man, this show's gone by quick. Um, ben Roethlisberger was on uh, Steelers Nation. He said he pleads for Mike Tomlin and others to not let George Pickens take the foot off. The- the gas. Um, I don't know what he's saying. I just got this sent to me. I'm curious to see what Roethlisberger said. Uh, apparently, um, Roethlisberger praised rookie Pickens, but he took a shot at Chase Claypool. I guess he's talking shit about uh, Clay Chapel, Chase Pool in the latest interview Roethlisberger did. Um, saved it to last, George Pickens. Roethlisberger said... He recapped what he liked in Cleveland Browns game. I feel like he can make every catch, high balls, low balls, back shoulders. It just seems like it is his area. He's going to make the play. Um, I just pray that young man can stay focused. Roethlisberger added, stay dialed in, continue to want um, this thing, continue to work with Kenny and other receivers. Don't take from the success you had this year and just let it ride. Double down on it. Triple down on it. Keep striving to get better. Um, I want to hear what he said. He said, if you're not careful, your attitude can kind of get you in a bad spot. Roethlisberg concluded, thinking you're better than you are. I don't know him that well. I just pray that it doesn't happen to him. I pray Coach Tomlin and others don't let it happen because he has the ability to go down to be a superstar. And then he also said something about Chase Claypool. Um Fuck, I don't know where it's at. I want to see what he said about Claypool. I think Claypool's a shitbird. So I'm curious to see what he said. Um, let's get into this hard hat work boot Wednesday and bring in our very own Chase Sr. Chase Sr. into the house. Chase, uh, what's up, man? I like the hard hat, dog. Hey, you said bring the hard hat to work. You're picking Seattle to upset the 49ers. So I have the Niners hard hat on here. Let's debate it. Let's go. Man, let's get into it. I just did my top 11 draft scenarios. I don't know if you got to hear any of those. I'm curious to see what you think. I want to go to the number one pick, Chicago Bears. Uh, Here's my take. 
They got to draft Bryce Young, trade Justin Field to Houston. They acquire the second pick, and they draft defensive tackle Jalen Carter from Georgia. They still need wideout help and O-line help, but the Chicago Bears just got better, in my opinion. And the Texans get Justin Fields. They got better. They got a guy that can use his feet with a horrible roster. And or the Texans keep number two and draft Will Anderson, and then they trade their number 12 pick for a wideout DN or attack or, or, or a tight end. So those are my first two, um, just to get into a few. Uh, did the Chicago Bears keep Justin Fields or trade him? So what I would do is I would evaluate both quarterbacks. I'd evaluate Justin Fields. I'd pit him up against Bryce Young. And who's the better quarterback? Who gives you a better opportunity to win? Who has the better potential as a quarterback, as a thrower? It's Bryce Young, and it's not even close. So you have to get quarterback right in the process of this rebuild. And Chicago, the current regime here, general manager Ryan Poles, head coach Matt Eberflus, they did not draft Justin Fields. They have no ties to Justin Fields. And what Fields did this year, running the football was impressive. Occasionally throwing it was okay. Now, he didn't have a great supporting cast, so it's really hard to evaluate how good he's going to be as a thrower. But in my opinion, he is never going to be Bryce Young, who's my favorite quarterback in this draft class and a draft class that I don't like at the quarterback spot. Bryce Young has the intangibles. He has the leadership qualities, accuracy, anticipation. He's played in huge games. And I've seen more from him as a passer. And I have confidence that he can develop into a better thrower than Justin Fields. Now, I don't think that Justin Fields is going to get you a first-round pick, but maybe a second. I'd trade him away. I'd draft Bryce Young because it comes down to this simple question. Who's going to be the better quarterback in the NFL? It's going to be Bryce Young over Justin Fields. And that's what I have to get right to start this rebuild and get back on track for a Bears team that has never gotten the quarterback position right. You know... I was talking to Steve Kim and I said, I know I would get canceled, I guess, for saying it, but I said, dude, if I'm Chicago Bears, I draft Bryce Young and I tell Justin Fields, you're moving to running back. You're the next fucking <laughs> Walter Payton. I'm telling you right now, I said it the other day, I was like, dude, I'm, I'll put your ass in running back. You're going to be our running back and we're putting Bryce, we're drafting Bryce Young. You can like it or not, or you can leave, we'll trade you, but we have to get better. Now, this is the other scenario, though, that I don't like. I don't know if Bryce Young is going to immediately help your franchise because he's, again, a rookie, and I don't like rookie quarterbacks in an NFL with a bad roster. And yeah. you don't really get better around you unless you can get something for Justin Fields up front on O-line or you trade number two and get that get a D-tackle. But you got to start building your roster around you. Um, I, I did another scenario with the, with the Lions, and I said, you know, keep golf. Go get you a pass rusher or an inside guy like the Brian Breesy kid from Clemson to yeah. help Aiden Hutchinson on the edge. Get you another big-time tackle to help you with Sewell. And then go get you some secondary help and build that thing up for a few years. Keep golf as a sacrificial lamb. And then in 26 or so, go get you that splash, either trade quarterback or whatever. But guess what? You're a playoff team for a few years in a row. MDC proves he's a head coach in the NFL. You get in the playoffs, you maybe win a playoff game here and there, but golf's not going to win you a Super Bowl. But you can use them as a sacrificial lamb to build your roster. I think Chicago can do the same thing, and I believe there's some other teams out there that can do the same thing. Let's get into this uh, Frisco game real quick. I, wanna, I wanted to bring in a few things. 
a, a few. Uh, I wanted to show you a couple things real quick. Um, Let's go. I'm ready. These are the teams that are in the playoffs right now. Last time they made it to a Super Bowl. Jacksonville's the only team's never made it on this list. Uh, the Seahawks 15 were the last time they went. Niners obviously 20. Uh, seems like a trend. The younger teams seem like they've been to the Super Bowl more recently than others. Um, this 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 Niners uh, first, this Niners Seattle game is the reason I had I had Pac-Man Jones the other day, and we both agree on one thing: Pete Carroll is great in the playoffs um, on defense. He 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 feasts on young quarterbacks, and I believe he has now enough film on him, and he will him and his staff will break down enough film to where you're going to see fire zones, you're going to see boundary cover, uh, drops, you're going to see pressures with defensive ends and coverage, and he's going to be confused. I believe if Geno Smith can jump out to 10-0 lead, at least a 10, you don't even need 14, 10-point game, I believe Seattle has them where they want them. They're going to run the ball with Kenneth Walker. I believe they're going to get they're going to be able to run the football, and I believe it's going to be a slugfest type of game, and I believe they're going to try to focus on stopping Kittles and Debo, and they're going to pin Purdy in the pocket, and I this is my one thing. We have not seen this youngster play from behind yet. And if that happens, we're going to, that is all I want to see. I want to see the kid play from behind. And does he really have that moxie and it factor that everyone thinks he has? I'm just going to be honest. Just think about the stats on this deal. 30 and 19 since 1976. The Seahawks are 24 point average game point score. The Niners are 18 points a game since 76. The Seattle Seahawks own the San Francisco 49ers and Pete Carroll owns Shanahan. 12 and four. And I don't care if they've lost twice this year. Look at the last few years when a common opponent beats them twice. They lose the third one in the playoffs. Saints, Bucks, Rams, Niners. And it looks like the Seahawks can be another team uh, that can shock the world this year. And I, I'm just shooting my shot. I just like the fact that I like Pete Carroll versus a rookie quarterback. I would not be picking Seattle if Jimmy G was playing. Yeah, I see a lot of people in the chat. They're like, oh, why does he have a hard hat on? What a stooge. Well, JB said yesterday, bring your hard hat to work. I host the 49ers report, 74,000 subscribers. You should check the channel out because it's the largest channel on YouTube talking Niners. So I literally brought my hard hat to work. But uh, I hear your point. Oh, yeah, let the dick riders know. Hey, I lost you. I lost you. Are you here? Your voice is gone. Uh, you're muted. You hear me? You're mute. Mess with your mic again. I heard something fizzle. Talk. I think you just did something. No. I when you do that, I hear I hear crackling like something's disconnected. How about now? Yeah, there you go. All right, we're good. Uh, right. So, okay, I hear what you're saying. And, yeah, the the when you play a team a third time, I certainly have concerns about that, especially when you're going up against a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy, who now you have five games of tape on, and Pete Carroll has been known to be one of the better defensive minds in the NFL all time, certainly since the turn of this century. And he's been great. But look, these are two different teams on two level playing fields. And I believe that in this matchup in particular, coaching can only do so much. You look at what happened in the previous two games. 
in 120 minutes of gameplay in two matchups between San Francisco and Seattle, Seattle scored a grand total of one offensive touchdown in 120 minutes of gameplay. San Francisco averaged 145 rushing yards per game in both of those matchups, and they thoroughly outplayed them in both of those matchups. So while Pete Carroll can draw up a scheme to give the Niners some trouble, do they have the horses to stick with the Niners for 60 minutes? I don't believe so. I believe that this game could be close and a little bit choppy early, but just like we see college teams overwhelm the opposition in the college football playoff over the span of a game, I think that San Francisco will wear down Seattle. I just think that the Niners have way too many horses and their strengths go up very well against the Seahawks' weaknesses. So one offensive touchdown in 120 minutes of gameplay, they have stop the run has San Francisco, which is what Seattle wants to do. They get after the passer in Geno Smith, who he's shown that when he gets pressured, he's prone to making mistakes. I just believe that throughout the duration of the entire game, San Francisco is going to be able to extend their lead as the game gets later because Seattle's in a rebuilding phase right now. And San Francisco is well equipped to win a Super Bowl and they have a great roster. And yes, Pete Carroll has owned Kyle Shanahan, but he came back this year and swept Pete Carroll on both of those matchups, and nor uh, neither of those matchups were that close. Yeah, 21-13 was the last one, though, which gives me a little bit of hope. Uh, December 15th, recently. Um, the scoreboard was closer than what the game actually looked like, though. I yeah. agree. I agree to that. Um, but that gives you confidence, though, still, as, as a young team. Like, if you're in the locker room as Pete Carroll, you're saying, listen, we lost by eight points. Now, I understand we know it wasn't as close as it was, but at the same time, Shanahan's produced four wins out of 12 against this guy. Pete's yep. got to be confident going in here. Um, I think he's going to do some things. Uh, just like Pac-Man Jones pointed out, what Pete does in the playoffs is very unique to a lot of other coordinators. I'm, I want to see Purdy understand the line of scrimmage and know where his hots are and where they're not. And, and if uh, Seattle can muster a lead, it's going to be very interesting, man. Very Another interesting. Another factor in this game, too, it's expected to rain. You guys have been getting hit with showers all week, right, oh, man, in California? It's been crazy. And up north, it's been really bad. So I actually think that if it's wet, soggy, and rainy, that kind of bodes well for Seattle because they can slow the game down. They can force a couple of turnovers. And as we know, in a playoff game, turnovers can decide it. Yeah. Um transitioning real quick i know i got you for a little bit today i know you got you got some stuff going on i appreciate you jumping on hit the like button subscribe become a member head on over to chase's show 49ers show on youtube all social medias jason garrett pointed out the cowboys defense is horrible on grass they're very good on turf they're number two in the league on turf they're number 20 in the league on grass tampa blade plays on bermuda grass um Dak, they haven't won a playoff game on the road since 92 uh, they haven't won three on the road since 77 and they got to win three on the road to go to a Super Bowl this year is what it looks like. I yeah. think the Cowboys are screwed. I think that they have to blow this thing up this off season and get rid of Dak. Um, and I'm seeing something very, very interesting kind of shape up here. Chase, I talked about it yesterday. Everybody calls me crazy. Jalen hurts looks hurt. Brock Purdy's a rookie. Dak Prescott's not a winner. 
why does Tom Brady look like his path is going to be a Super Bowl again? I mean, I'm just looking here and I'm seeing this guy's fucking path is aligning up to be like Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. Do you think they're going to beat Tom Brady in late in the season in the playoffs? Hell no. I'm just looking at the teams that he may have to play. and I'm sitting there like, I'd rather play. I'd rather take Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl champion, over the number one defense in the 49ers all day of the, of the year versus a rookie quarterback. And I'd rather take Tom Brady over any other quarterback in this playoff if he can get by this Dallas Cowboy team. I think this is his toughest challenge of the playoffs. Yeah, um, you make some really good points. So I'm not a huge analytical guy. I'm more of an eye test guy. I don't go by the nerds who look at all the data, but there is data out there that makes an interesting argument for Dallas. Expected points added when they play on turf as compared to when they play on grass, there is a drastic difference. Their defense is built on speed. And when their defense plays on grass, they slow down as does their offense. They are a significantly worse team on grass than on turf. The statistical data is out there, and it's crazy. I was looking at it the other day. And Tampa Bay, I I, I think that they can pull off the upset just because of Tom Brady. I thought that they kind of found their confidence and their groove the second to last week of the regular season when Tom Brady really had that connection going on with Mike Evans. They're going to have to run the football because they were the worst team in the NFL in rushing yards per game this year was Tampa Bay. If they can run the football, set up some play action to allow Tom Brady to throw the ball downfield, We already know that Tampa Bay has all of the weapons. They're healthier on the offensive line now, which is huge for Tampa Bay against that Dallas pass rush. Their defense has been pretty solid throughout the year. I lost you again. How about now? Yeah, you're good. Sorry about that. We're in a different studio today. Um, So what I was saying is I don't trust Dak Prescott in a big spot against a Tampa Bay defense that's pretty good. And I don't trust the Cowboys in a big spot until they can finally come through and show me otherwise that they can rise up to the occasion in a big playoff game and come up with the win against Tom Brady, who they have never beat. And until they do that, because we have a 27-year sample size of Dallas not doing it in a big spot, I'm not going to buy the Cowboys. They have an opportunity to win this game, but I like Tampa Bay to pull off the upset because I think this is a bad matchup for Dallas. They feel the pressure. They're going up against Tom Brady. Tampa Bay's defense is pretty good. Good skill position players. And the whole grass to turf ratio is somewhat concerning for me. And I don't trust Mike McCarthy and his game management in a big spot either. So that's going to be a phenomenal game on Monday night. And then lastly, the path for Tom Brady. They win. They might have to go on the road to Philadelphia. Or they might have to go on the road to San Francisco. If they have to go on the road to Philadelphia, I was concerned a little bit with Jalen Hurts last week. He needs these two extra weeks of rest for that shoulder. He made a couple of good throws downfield early in that game. But as the game wore on, I think that the soreness started to set in because he couldn't get enough on that football. San Francisco straight up dominated Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. I still think that that's a bad matchup for Tampa Bay. But if Tampa Bay can go to Philly, they can win. And then it's Tom Brady in an NFC Championship game against who? Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy potentially. That could be very, very Geno Smith. I mean, Geno Smith. Yeah, it could be interesting. I don't see any of them beating him in a game like that. Yeah. No, you're uh, right. 
The path is aligning for Tom Brady again. Uh, it's fucking crazy, isn't it? Um, and you know what happens when other teams go up against Tom Brady in the playoffs? They choke. The sphincters get tight and they clench up in a big spot. <laughs> they want to fucking trade for his jersey after the game. Oh, exactly. Beat him. Yep. Um, this soft-ass generation. Let me ask you, does Lamar Jackson play? Uh, I was reading earlier, and the word out there, the buzz is that he's not trending in a good direction to play. And this is back-to-back years in which he's been injured late in the year. And he bet on himself this year by not signing that contract early. Now, I still think he's going to get paid, but he's not going to get nearly as much money. And there is a long, long history of running quarterbacks not lasting long in the NFL. And for Lamar Jackson, I think that he's a better passer as compared to previous running quarterbacks, but he still needs to make massive strides in that area. And he needs to display that in a playoff game, he can win. In a big spot by throwing the football when defenses have a spy on them and they drop back in quarters coverage. If he has to come back, can he pick you apart through the air? And if he doesn't have an opportunity to even play and show that, that's going to damage his contract a little bit. He never hired an agent. He's his own agent, him and his mom. So it's a very interesting scenario where you have the injuries, you have the lack of playoff success as he only has one playoff win, and can he dice you up from the pocket? Some questions there. They remain. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, Jalen Hurts, how – I know you touched on it. How hurt is he? Look, a shoulder injury for a quarterback, it's never good. Now, I was encouraged by what I saw, again, early in the game. But if you or I, JB, had an arm injury, we could make a couple of throws. I was a pitcher at one point uh, in high school. I frayed my labrum. I could go out there and I could throw an inning or two. I couldn't go three, four, five innings. And for Hertz, obviously, it's different with the motion throwing a football. There's not as much strain on your shoulder. But he can come out. He can chuck the ball around for a quarter. But if you have to throw it 30, 40 times, soreness sets in. He gets in pain over time. And he can't put as much velocity behind the football because he's throwing it a little bit more. And there's more wear and tear on that shoulder. So I'm a little bit concerned about him. I think that the Eagles, it's a big point of emphasis for them to get their offensive line in order to really run the football and not really rely on Hurts to have to drop back and throw it 30, 40, 50 times. But if they fall behind early, they're going to have to throw the football, and that's where we'll really see if Jalen Hurts' shoulder is okay. But I was a little bit concerned last week. Does Tua play? No, I don't think he does. I don't think he does. God, I wish I would have. I wish the Steelers would have got in over the fucking Dolphins, dude. I Like, it just seems like – that's why Mike Tomlin's a great coach. That team got so much better from week one to week 18. It's not even funny. I just I just think the Steelers would have a better opportunity to beat the Buffalo Bills than this one's going to be an absolute drubbing, I think. Yeah. NFL playoffs, you don't see a lot of blowouts like that. I can literally see uh, – I can see this game getting bad because I just don't see – the team hasn't – they've won one out of seven games or whatever. They're coming in – kind of ailing, kind of like if Tennessee would have got in, right? I'm glad yeah. they didn't get in either. I think when you lose games in a lot in a row like they, these certain teams, it's never good for playoffs. They never end up winning. Like the, the year Seattle beat the Saints when they shocked the world and they beat the number one seed, they they at least won a few games towards the end of the season. This These teams haven't won a lot towards the end. They still snuck in. And now you don't have your quarterback, which you have to have proven that you have to have to win games in Miami. They don't win without Tua. 
I think Buffalo's no. gonna mud stomp them in a bad, probably cold weather game. Yeah, um, Buffalo's the far better team too. And what the Dolphins are gonna start Skylar Thompson in this game? They scored nine points against a Jets team last week that had nothing to play for, and they've been reeling for the last month and a half since they played San Francisco. This could be a thirty-eight to ten game. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cowboys, Bucks, we talked. Giants, Vikings, we haven't discussed in Minnesota. Uh, I like Daniel Jones and Dable. I don't like the fact that they didn't play last week. I wish they would have built a little bit more continuity. This team has not played together that much in a winning fashion. They're not a team that just can sit back and sit out a week. I think that I wish they would have played a week. Uh, we can say that about Staley and Mike Williams injured. Also, it seems like his stat dad ass just does not hit the right buttons at the right time. He seems like his statistical data information always kind of fucks him. But having said that, uh, can the Giants beat the Vikings, or do you see the Vikings? Uh, seems like the Vikings lose a game and then they'll win a game they're not supposed to the very next week. So this yeah. team's been hit and miss. What do you see out of this one? I actually like New York to pull off the upset. These two teams met a couple of weeks ago in Minneapolis, and it came down to Minnesota knocking through a 61-yard field goal at the end of regulation. And everybody wants to point to the Vikings' record in one-score games. They've been great in one-score games. But you know what that also tells me? They're due to lose one of these one-score games, especially as it gets tight late in a playoff game. I like Dable, the coach, over Kevin O'Connell in that coaching matchup. And I can't trust Kirk Cousins in a big spot because it's that Cowboys argument. Like, until you prove to me that you can come through with a clutch victory in a big spot when things get tight, in a playoff-level atmosphere, when all of the pressure is on, I'm not going to buy India. And Kirk Cousins has been small game Kirk all throughout his career in every single big spot. I like the physicality that New York brings to the table. I think their defense is really underrated. If they can establish that run, look out, because then they can control the time of possession. They can keep that Vikings potent offense that can put up points on the board and move it off the field. And if you're able to take that early lead, establish the run, maintain time of possession. For New York, I think the philosophy here is an old-school type of football game where you run the football, you milk the clock, you don't go no huddle, you keep that Vikings offense off the field, and sometimes what happens with those offenses that are predicated on finding a rhythm, moving quickly. If they stay on the sideline and then they have a couple of three and outs, then that nervousness starts to set in and they can't find their footing offensively. So I think that's the game plan for New York. Kayvon Thibodeau has really been coming up big uh, over the last couple of weeks. The rookie out of Oregon for New York and the Giants are actually the healthiest that they've been in a really long time with Xavier McKinney coming back. The lack of wide receiver production really does concern me. But again, that's why it's so imperative for New York to run the rock. Um. Chargers, Jags, interesting one. Mike Williams, hopefully he can play. Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's played together, I think, uh, like a matter of minutes this year together at the same time. I think they've played together in six or seven games total, but I don't believe they've played full games together. Um, hopefully that – I think Herbert needs both of those guys. I think the Jags are hot. Uh, Peterson may be coach of the year. Um, Trevor Lawrence proven to him he's one of the best uh, – he's proven to be the number one pick overall. Um I like the Chargers, though. I like the kind of uh, the ebb and flow of experience that the Chargers have gone through over the last few years. I think that gets them through this one. Yeah, this is a really good 
matchup between two of the better young quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. I love what Trevor Lawrence has done the back half of the year. To me, this could come down to game management in the playoffs because so often it comes down to that. And if it does come down to that, I like Doug Peterson over Brandon Staley. He's a little bit more calculated in his aggressiveness. Peterson is still very aggressive, but more calculated. And that's really important in a playoff level atmosphere. And Doug Peterson is so underrated in this regard. 2017 won a Super Bowl, number one seed in the NFC. Next year, they basically had to win out the final month in Philadelphia. They did that. Year after that, they did it once again. And here in Jacksonville, they got off to an awful start. And what did they do? They went on a tear late in the year. Doug Peterson was once again money in December and January, and he has this ability to have this cool, calm, and collected nature about him, which really translates to the rest of his football team. And this Jacksonville team is actually a pretty good roster. They spent a lot of money in free agency. It comes down to Trevor Lawrence, I think, not folding in a big spot in his first playoff game, but Herbert doesn't have playoff-level experience either. So this is actually one of the games that I'm looking forward to the most this weekend because of the quarterback matchup, but I also like the talent level for both teams, and I'm interested to kind of examine the intricacies that we're going to see in this football game when it comes down to the coaching nuances. And if it does come down to that, I like Doug Peterson and the Jags to win. Interesting. Monday night is the is the Cowboy game, I believe, right? Yep. Yep. Um, is that an is that been a thing recently, or is that a new thing? It's a new thing because the ESPN getting this new deal uh, with the NFL. Now they have that Monday night game in the wild card round, so it'll be the final broadcast for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman this year. All the all about the money, right? All about uh, the money, man. Friday or Saturday, yeah, Sunday, Monday. Go. Let me ask you this real quick: Where does Aaron Rodgers end up? <sighs> See, he's so hard to read because he said these subtle things about retiring before, and then he did it once again after losing to the Lions. He continues to come up really small in some really big moments in the playoffs as a number one seed, back-to-back -back MVPs, as we saw the previous two years. And then you can't beat the Lions at home on Sunday night football when the Lions have nothing to play for. Look, I'm not a fan of how Green Bay has constructed the wide receiver position around him, but you're the reigning MVP, man. You got to come through a little bit better. I'd say that he comes back, but you never know with Aaron Rodgers. He could go out to ayahuasca this offseason, and his mind could change very, very quickly on those psychedelics. So I don't uh, see him retiring. I see him getting I, I see him being out of Green Bay. There's the no only thing is he's due like $50 million, so a team is going to have to eat a lot of that salary. And they would for him. I yeah. I'm gonna start a. I'm gonna start a Patrick. I've already. I'm on the Patrick Mahomes overrated bandwagon right now. Kansas City loves me right now. This morning. Um, I think I got 102 DMs from a bunch of dick writers who hate. They're like <laughs> threatening to kill me. All kind of shit. Um, look, I'm gonna start a Aaron Rodgers overrated bandwagon here shortly. Like I'm being honest. Like people don't. I've been saying for a while that if Stafford would have won another Super Bowl this year, I would have fucking put him above Aaron Rodgers. Like, the, yeah, you gotta start questioning that because this guy played in Detroit for ten years, and 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 then he comes and leaves and wins the Super Bowl. If, you, if if Stafford were to win another one, I'm gonna argue that you can you can at least make the argument Stafford's the better quarterback over his career. 
Yeah. Isn't it wild how Green Bay has had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers for a combined like three decades and they only have two Super Bowl championships? And sometimes quarterbacks, it's a byproduct of your environment. Matthew Stafford played in the doldrums of Detroit for a decade, right? So if he's with a better organization, does he have more success? Because Aaron Rodgers was in a better situation, he's always going to be ahead of Matthew Stafford. But if Stafford gets another one, it's going to be an interesting argument for sure. Aaron Rodgers is always going to be the one big what if. You know, what if he won another one? What if he won a big game here or there? But he's failed to come up in some really big spots. The only issue I have is you got five you got five rookie head coaches that have led their teams to playoffs. You got the weirdo fuck Mac McDaniel. You got Bowles. You got the kid. You got this guy. Uh, in Minnesota, you got Peterson, uh, first year guy there, and then you got Dable, first year guy in New York. And Sirianni's never won a playoff game; he's only coached in one. Sirianni's coached once, never won. So you got a lot of youngness in here, and that's why does Tom Brady supersede the young coach with the veteran Wiley, forty-six year old player, or do you see Pete Carroll as the veteran coach that's in this playoff, the, the most veteran coach, seventy years old? get through and beat a young Shanahan. Like, it's very interesting. I just don't think we're going to see who we expect to see in in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I like the Bengals to come out of the AFC because I continue to say it. Like, I'd take Burrow over Mahomes and Allen. I think he's just a better, pure passing quarterback, and I think that's what wins in the NFL. That's the long sample size. All you know? day long, man. So All I like Cincinnati, long. and I think San Francisco is the most well-rounded and deepest team but you're right. It's going to be a stiff challenge against Seattle in round one. But in round two, they're going to face potentially the Vikings, maybe the Cowboys, maybe the Giants. And I like San Francisco to win that game to get to the NFC title game. And if they play Philly, I think they match up favorably against Philadelphia. Got to beat Seattle for a third time first, though. No question. Um, man, going to be a great one, man. I can't wait to watch it this weekend. Enjoy. Uh I got to get with you. I got to get you this Venmo, by the way. And I got that on my mind, on my plate to do. And uh, they want to see you take a shoey one day. So we're going to have to do a super chat one day during the oh, playoffs. Oh, sure. Yeah, next week, I don't know, $20 super chat, I'll do uh, I'll do a shotgun or something. $50, I'll do a shoey. How about that? Next week. Let's do yeah, it. I might have to do a fucking, uh, I don't know what, I'm fucking drink whiskey at 7 in the morning, though. I don't fucking look like alcoholic. And then Can't be my- scared out here. Can't be scared out here. more DMs. <laughs> exactly. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the rest of the day and the week, man. I'll see you soon. All right, brother. Take it easy. Enjoy the weekend. Later. Chase Sr., everybody. I appreciate him coming on as as always on this Work Boot Wednesday. He had to get out a little early today. Great insight from him. Um, Marcus Cruz. Andy Reid's not the most veteran coach in the NFL playoffs, by the way. Pete Carroll is. Again, you're wrong. So I don't know who told you that, um, but uh, Pete Carroll's been coaching about 50 years. Andy Reid's been coaching about 40. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, Chase Sr., always. I love how he comes back at you. Uh, great job. Uh, love busting his balls. He's a good kid. Uh, love what he does, man. Very articulate and understands this thing. Uh Hey, man, it's been a great day. It's a great day to have a great day. I like the Giants. We're going to break down some more. I'm going to break down my more uh, number 11, number 12 through 18 tomorrow on my draft, JB's draft scenarios. I'm going to get into that. Hope you guys enjoyed that segment. Uh, if you disagree, call in. Tomorrow we'll do another trivia, and I'll take some callers. 
Um, and we'll get after it. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. CoachJBStore.com. If you want some merch, go head on over there and make sure you go to CandidateCBD.com. Use the promo code CoachJB and believe. Our BetOnline.ag promo code believe, B-L-E-A-V, over at BetOnline.ag. Gets you 50% off on a welcome bonus. Um, Appreciate everybody coming in, man. This first three days have been great of the week. Uh, Can't wait to watch some football. Sean Salisbury and I will break down some quarterbacks tonight on Last Chance Q, 5 p.m. Pacific, live right here on this channel. We will be back tonight. Uh, We didn't get into last night, but we will be live tonight on Last Chance Q. Come on in, enjoy, watch it with us, have a sip, drink some yak, smoke a stick. And uh, we'll be doing that from the studio. Appreciate you guys as always, man. Um, Steve Mack, take it easy on Joe Accord. Joe Accord. Uh, Vikings, man, had a good year, but I think they're going down. But you know what? They can win this game because the the Giants are young. But we'll see. I'm a Daniel Jones and Giant guy this year, and I have to stick with my guns. So having said that, Enjoy the rest of the day, and the and I'll see you guys tonight with Last Chance Q, or I'll see you guys back here tomorrow morning. Appreciate everybody joining in. Hit the like button, subscribe on your way out. Appreciate you guys, man. Peace out. <laughs>